Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Darren Williams Jr. from American Hot Rod Entertainment, and you're tuned in to my buddy TJ, the Nitro Performance Guy. Let's get it. Okay, people, we're back with another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide with TJ, the Nitro Performance Guy, and Darren Williams Jr., American Hot Rod Entertainment. That was a good race this weekend. Man, what a way to close out the final race at Houston Raceway Park. I mean, you talk about an iconic and historic racetrack. 35 years of just straight history there. Sad to see it go, but what a way to close it out. I mean, we had action action all all weekend long from qualifying to elimination. So I'm ready to break it down and happy to be, be back on the show, man. It's been a couple of weeks. So happy to be, uh, be back on. Yeah. Well, we were going to do one last week, Darren. Just, we're not going to talk about it <laughs> because he went missing for three days. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. No, but we're going to, we're going to, we might tack on some of that stuff that we were going to talk about last week on the end of this one, especially with this being the last, you heard him say this is the last time we're going to be at Houston maybe we'll see uh because they they got no, that the, um it's the last time it's, it's definitely it's for sure yeah, it's the last time there's there's gonna be other racing organizations racing there throughout the next year i think that's this, what was confusing people yeah but this was the final nhra race at houston raceway park yes sad day yes sad day i kind of had that little sliver of hope so we'll definitely cover the other things about racetracks that could possibly replace it. So we'll talk about that in just a second. So we're going to speed through. We're not going to speed through, but we're going to get through it at a pretty good clip because I want to talk about that stuff, especially knowing that it is for sure a nail in the coffin. You know, we got to start with our boy, John Forrest, and I, I love to do this. Cause I know D. Bland talks about us every week, but he can keep talking. How about that that green top Camaro this weekend or John Forrest? Didn't run very well, but I mean, man, that looked good. So, like you just said, we all know we're two big John Force racing fans. John Force fans, I should say, right? And that paint scheme alone from 2002 is one of my favorite paint schemes of all time. I mean, yeah. he won the championship that year. He won that championship in, like, thrilling fashion, too. So, not only did he get his 100th win in that paint scheme in Houston 20 years ago, but he also went down to Pomona facing Tony Petragon in a close championship battle that year. He actually beat Tony in the semifinals in Pomona to wrap up the championship that year. If Tony would have beat him in the semis in Pomona and went on to win the race, Tony would have took the championship away from him. Obviously, we know uh, Tony won the championship the year later in 03, but that was a great battle between John and Tony in 02. And not that championship battle does not get a lot of, uh, what should I say, a lot of hype around it. Because that was yeah. that was a great funny car championship battle, but nobody talks about it a lot. So hopefully I can bring that back up and uh, yeah, let people know that that was a that was a pretty great battle 20 years ago. We might do a because, uh, you know, we do our time machine episodes on the uh, on the on the show. So we might have to go back and do that. We've never really done like I have to try and see if I can go back and see if I can get any numbers from back then. But because I don't think they were marking it at every increment at, at the racetrack. I think they were available for the people that were in the know, but I don't know if I'll be able to find that. But that would be cool. That would be cool mm -hmm. to do. You, you can find, like, on the NHR results from the past, you can find a few runs that had the 1,000-foot times and the, the 330 times and the 660 okay. times. But for the yeah. most part, yeah, you can only find, you know, quarter-mile uh, ETN speed. But there's some times where they give you the incremental, but it's, it's very rare. Right. Okay. Well, perfect segue because, you know, we're great at that. So Friday night, folks, I'm going to tell you a little bit. I'm a conductor. We all know I'm a, I'm a musician. So I had, like, a conducting gig. Friday night, right? And so I get off of that. It was great. It was very successful. And so I get home and I'm like, oh, I got to work because I got to watch the qualifying show. <laughs> I got to see what happened. 
and and just from what I saw, Top Fuel, man, it, it really put on the show that night. Like we, I mean, we're talking header fire, shooting over the wing. We had the good calm trails going all the way down the racetrack. I mean, it's we we know the little competition they had between the two, but recently the Top Fuel cars have really been kind of putting on the show when it when it you know when those header fire those header fire when it starts to get visible like i mean they start to really really get after it and there's a mechanical advantage because of the long wheelbase and, and and things like that but they really put on a show friday night uh both nitro classes were great but top fuel was stunning you know in recent years we've seen a lot of the time it's the funny cars doing the, the big 330 mile per hour runs but this year i mean top fuel has been hanging with them we've seen yeah. a lot of a lot of 330 runs from the top fuel cars and i just want to say this real quick so you know you were doing the conducting thing on friday night you know where i was at friday night where were you friday night houston raceway park <laughs> <laughs> yes he was he's our insider he's on the ground he's fantastic we're happy to have him thanks for being there because i wasn't hey man it was great had had all the buddies in the stands with me. Uh, you know, I'm obviously I'm from I'm from California, but uh, I had friends who were from Houston be at the race. I had friends who were from uh, Northern California at the race. My girlfriend came with me this weekend. I mean, yeah. everybody's on the track. Monday morning racer Lee Craft was there. Uh, Les Mayhew, Competition Plus was there. Uh, everybody was there. Uh, my buddy Dave W. You know Dave W. Who, who uploads yeah. all the old school races on YouTube. He was there. Man, it was just a, a great time. Great time in Houston. Love that. Yes, that's fantastic. So you guys got to see this great session we're about to talk about. So yes. in the in the funny car, we got five great runs we're going to talk about. In the number five spot, folks, we got Lexus DeJoria in that Bandero Tequila Premium Tequila Supra three point nine two nine that's solid and that's fifth best on friday night folks now we all know we've been talking about it uh hagen caps and height they're the three funny cars that everybody's talking about right now uh we got one of them coming up in the number four spot for friday night 3.926 parachutes almost got together like um they were they went down there side by side him and robert uh, 386 or 386.5 for Robert stunning and they they got pretty close down there it's always kind of scary when they when those parachutes are cl close to each other because I mean you know of course the driver has control over the car right most of the time but you can't really you know you can't really <laughs> do anything about those parachutes when they get caught so I was really happy that that we didn't get a situation down there especially going over or approaching 330 miles an hour. Um, so there's that. But that wasn't the best run. That wasn't the best run. So keeping we're keeping it going. 3.882 next to a 3.887. Blake Alexander. And who is that? Oh, Bob Tasca. Side by side. That's nice. That's fantastic. Um, we skipped Blake Alexander. 3.911. That car is really really cutting the mustard this year <laughs> like, ah, for real. it's really cutting the mustard and then to to top it all off and then we're going to discuss it a little bit ron caps 3.864 just edging robert height in by one thousandth of a second head of flame shooting over the roof on friday night in the nitro coupe what do you got mr darren williams jr was it really friday night though okay it was like friday dusk and the only reason why I say that is because <laughs> <laughs> I uploaded Friday night qualifying onto my YouTube channel. Yeah, you know, I saw it. Session, Make sure you check it out, out, folks. 
<laughs> a guy commented and he goes, he goes Friday night. Yeah, right. He's like, more like, more like Friday daytime. And I was like, <laughs> you, you're not correct about that. But no, here's the thing though. Is it, I actually like watching fuel cars more at dusk than at full nighttime. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But it, I, li- I like it. Yeah. He's, 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 he's giving y'all the information, y'all. So I did a video about header flames. We all know that I'm a header flame boy. At dusk is the only time you can really see what the human eye sees when there's no light on the racetrack. So let me explain. So when the header flames, you can see through them. You can see through them. We see that. The more sunlight that shines through the header fire, the more you can see through them. So as the sun is going down, but at dusk, you're getting a little healthy mix of both. You're still getting the light from the flame, but you're also able to see through it. And when they record that on camera, and even when I record it, I can get that effect. Now, the problem is when the sun is all the way off the racetrack and it just becomes this like white piece of fire. Yeah. Now, when you're in person, though, it doesn't look like that. And so that's why I like dust, because dust is the most accurate representation of what the head of fire looks like under a completely dark sky to our eyes. But cameras just can't seem to get that. So I love that. I love that you said dust because I do love watching fuel cars run at dusk. So <laughs> whatever. We'll call it the dust session because it looks, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit too. Like, and, and this kind of talks a little bit about the Larry Dixon comments that were made a couple weeks ago. Why don't we have Friday night races anymore? Like there were specific races that, again, it's like I'm biased or something. It's like I live here. It's like in St. Louis. They had you knew that the later rounds of that race was going were going to be under a dark sky. You just knew that there were certain races that we had that okay we're going to see finals under the lights, or even you know the Saturday night qualifying that we've talked about a couple of times. Just I'm just and I understand you're trying to keep it so people can go do things after the show, mm-hmm. but I mean come on that is the show. That's what got me and you like when they were really doing that. You know when they were really racing at night. And we can see the header fire like that's why you take people to the racetrack i mean it's impressive regardless of when you see it but i mean i mean you know just my personal my personal things with it because i love the header fire and it's just it just doesn't look the same well i would say this and i'm not anybody within nhra and, and make decisions with the nhra but for what i what i've kind of been told and stuff like that is yeah they used to do like like live qualifying friday night qualifying back in the 90s on espn too and stuff like that but i think now with the whole fox deal correct me if i'm wrong they were live on fox right friday night yes that was live so i so i'm sure fox just had a, a or fs1 had a specific set time to where they wanted to show them on tv so yeah that may not have been nhra's call it may have may have been a fox deal and also what i've been told kind of is just the friday night qualifying doesn't have the same type of allure it had i would say maybe 10 20 years ago you know yeah. you would see the big big crowds friday nights you don't necessarily see that a lot on fridays fridays you don't see the biggest crowds anymore so yeah i think there's certain you know certain aspects of why we don't race full day at night anymore but for us hardcore drag racing fans of course we would love to see it yeah and uh we'll get to it but this weekend coming up in charlotte we're definitely going to have uh oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get some full, nighttime full nighttime yeah. header fire we're, we're gonna get to it but anyway so and, and tj real quick you know who's that? gonna be there too you know who's gonna be there in charlotte darren williams jr is gonna be there oh yes sir yes sir. he's on, he's on the ground for us folks it's like where, God, where did you find him um hey he's great 
Three races on the ground floor. Las yeah. Vegas, Houston, Charlotte. Three in a row. And I did Pomona, too. So this is fourth race of the year. Four Boy, out of five. Look at you. Four look, out of six. Four out of six. Let me find out. Okay. Well, he's on the ground for it. That's the best place to be. I mean, you come back to the show and you tell us about it. So that's great. Because <laughs> I'll be watching on HRI TV or TV, whichever. So let's talk about Top Fuel. Because, oh, my God, the way TJ wrote this, why did TJ write it like this? But we're just going to look at some of the numbers and just talk about it. We got Doug Foley 3.800 at 310. 3.800. I like that's another number I like seeing pop up on the board. That's a good number. Uh, Sean Langdon 3.733, 329. Look at that big speed coming out of that, that DHL car. Leah Pruitt 3.719 at 328. Like, look at look at these runs here. We got we got the, the thickness of the flames. Tony Pedregon was talking about how thick the flames were looking. And you could just really see that you can see it in the flame pattern like that. It's different and it's more visible in, in person, especially when it gets to the point where the cameras are like, hey, that's too much light because the fatter flames are so bright. So like and you can really see that when you're in person, especially under the lights, you can say, OK, something's wrong or the color looks different. Or you, you can see that um, 3.740 for Doug Kalita. Uh, like that mobile one livery whenever you push that on. That's a nice one. But how about Antron Brown, fourth quickest of the session, 3.70 with a four, 330.15 miles per hour. I'm thinking that car is coming alive, and I'm start. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I mean, it. that was a great run to see, you know, Friday night under the lights. You know, yeah. great to see Antron running good, but... As we're going to get in, into it, into eliminations, didn't quite turn out so good for him in eliminations. But yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you think about Antron Brown, and I kind of said this on the post race show Sunday night live from Houston Raceway Park on Inside the NHRA. I was like, man, a guy like Antron, he has the same core group he had when he won those three championships 2012, 2015, 2016. And yeah, he has a new team, but, I, but I'm, I'm pretty sure these are kind of the same parts he ran when he won those three championships. I'm sure these are still DSR parts. And yeah. him, Brian Karate, Mark Oswald have just not been able to get that consistency and performance back like they had just yeah. five, six years ago. And I don't understand why. You know, obviously these cars, like you say all the time, these cars aren't easy to run. But I'm just, I'm not quite sure why they just can't get back to that level that they were at not too long ago. So we'll see how it happens as the season moves on. Yeah. And we'll talk about it but yeah that you're right you're 100 right it's like well we're gonna keep going we're gonna we're never gonna get to race <laughs> but yes you're <laughs> right we're gonna keep we'll, we'll keep you know talking as we go but um let me see the fifth best was in the side by side with britney force it was steve torrance 3.770 within with the four on the end same et as antron brown who was also running side-by-side -side with Doug Kalita, by the way. Side-by-side -side drag racing at night with Header Flames. Mm -hmm. Gotta love it. Uh, Steve Torrance. But Matt, or that Matco car is going to get the nod because he was running 330 miles an hour. Steve Torrance was 327. Only 327. No, that's nothing to, that's nothing to you know, we talk about all the time how fast that really is. You know, people really kind of only get up for the 330s. I mean, listen to the number that I said, 330, I mean, 327 miles an hour. That's not, that's not your, you know, that's not average. And then you got 369, 5, 333 for Britney Force track record speed. Nobody's, nobody's really surprised by that. But we're going to talk about that big speed because I want to bring up some words that David Grupnik said too. And we're going to do that in just a second. 
about that speed. 3.70 with a 1 for Austin Proc. Next to Clay Milliken, 3.805. Again, still a good run. Uh, Houston's got bumps on it. Houston uh, and the racers have talked about it for years, like how that transition is nasty. Um, last thing we're going to say before I talk about what the grub, what the grub said is Tony Schumacher, 3.720326. Like, we're just seeing a whole bunch of great runs coming out of Top Fuel. Uh, so before we go into the Grubnik comments, like, you being there, like, I mean, what was that session like? Oh, man, it was amazing. Even for a Friday night qualifying session, it was packed. Mm-hmm. Like, the bigger crowds were on Saturday, Sunday, but just to see the full grandstands on both sides, and like you said, just the energy within the crowd. You can literally feel the energy within the crowd on a Friday night. And then just to see, like, side-by-side Nitro Runs, Header Flames, High in the Sky, it was amazing. Amazing to see. And like I said, if you guys want to check it out on the YouTube channel, subscribe to American Hot Rod Entertainment because we got the full uh, qualifying session from Q1 on Friday night uploaded. I'll have Q3 uploaded pretty soon and might even drop a full Eliminations video. Who knows? Who knows? Stay He's going to drop it. Stay tuned. no but it's it's he he does good work like he does he he has a lot of good shots um but about that that speed man the music pulled uh david grubnick aside and asked him like how do you set up for that and this is what he said and i thought this was so interesting and it made sense because i'm learning we're learning about the cars and how they do the things that they do he said, we don't have full control on the speed. It's a byproduct of how hard we push the car and how risky they get with the with the risk window. Uh, it's just a byproduct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they run. They, he also said we run a, a rich mixture. We, ha- we run a lot of fuel through, through the engine, which is that explains the drop cylinders. I mean, because even on runs where she's gone well over 330, she's putting cylinders out going through the light. And that's just the that that you know that fuel pump forcing that water or that that solidified fuel at that point through the motor and it's still not lighting can you imagine can you just believe that like it, it's it's incredible that the immense amount of fuel that they put in it the immense amount of spark that they have and especially the the amount that they're running down there and they're still not lighting cylinders well, you're talking about dropping cylinders. It's kind of like a little foreshadowing we'll see from Brittany Forrest in the semifinals yes. against Billy Torrance. Yes. But not, but going back to but going back to that though, if you could tell Brittany Forrest, they have a real great back half race car. Like they, yeah. if you look at the numbers, like their numbers on the back half of the track is just simply amazing. Like they really Incredible. accelerate past half track. So yeah, man, David Grubnick, Max Savage definitely have a handle on that on that race car. Oh, for sure. So moving on in the next session, session number two. We start to kind of see some adversity on the racetrack. Oh, it's hot. Now, it was hot. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was hot. So, and that—that's what I was going to allude to. This is the first time that we've seen a track this hot on tour yet, and we text about it. We were like, "Well, I'm hearing there's a lot of tire smoke," <laughs> and you know, here's what I said to him. I said they're making a lot of power right now. Like, the cars have never been as powerful as they are now. You know, and it, it it kills me when they say, oh, 11,000 horsepower. Oh, come on. They're making 12 plus. And we're talking about the cars that don't run every week are making 12 plus. They pull up. But again, it's all about applying the power. You have to make the same amount of power every run. And now that's easier to said than done, right? But we didn't see much to be talked about 
I mean, we saw two, four total, four total nitro cars get down the racetrack in the second session. Uh, but here's the thing about qualifying when you don't, when you smoke the tires and you don't get down the racetrack, you just learn something, you know, yes. it's a run missed. You know, we didn't, we didn't get that setup run that we were looking for, but we learned something. We know what doesn't work because we don't want that to happen Sunday. And let me tell you this. So I talked about how, how, how there was so much energy within the crowd Friday night. Well, you come to Saturday and the crowd's even bigger. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's 20 degrees hotter. Let's just say that probably not 20 degrees, but it's a lot, whole lot hotter. Yeah. The humidity is up. Like I, I got a jacket on, cause you know, I'm from Southern California. I got a jacket right. on the 90, 90 degree weather, <laughs> but the, but the stands are packed. The stands are packed. And like we're sti- we're watching like mid afternoon top field night funny car qualifying middle of the day sun out like I mean drag racing don't get no better than that drag racing is great when, when it's dark and you see the header frames but also when you get midday just nitro cars qualifying Saturday yeah. afternoon like it didn't it don't get no better than that and when uh so we come out Q two and everybody's smoking the tires everybody just nobody can get down the track and then Tony Schumacher in that great orange skag top field drag shirt comes out and lays down that great three eighty you're like okay. Maybe we'll see some, and then the four-time Camping World Top Field Champion of the World, Steve Torrance, with that 376, telling everybody, "Hey, take this, take yeah. this, best best run of the round." So, oh yeah, um, two great runs right right there by two of Top Field's greatest. Absolutely. And here's the thing that I always say before we go to the funny cars, because we had Chad Green and Ron Caps make it down uh, in their class, but they didn't just make it down. Like, let's talk about what Ron Caps run. 321. Like, I mean, we know that it's starting to change from the earlier months of the season to we're starting to get into the summer months. And we know the cars that kind of excel. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But I wasn't surprised to see JR Ty going rounds this weekend. Like, that's that's a car that performs well when there's heat in the racetrack. So, well, I mean, he never made it into the threes, though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about. It. We're gonna talk about. It. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited. We're gonna talk about it. Okay. So this is the thing that I was saying about what we learn. Uh, so this is an interesting conversation. We're just literally going to talk about this because I look at the, we love looking at the '60s because the '60s tell so much information. So the best 60 we saw was Justin Ashley. He wasn't one of the names we saw that got down the racetrack. We had 847 from Billy Torrance and Mike Salinas. They, those are not, they did not get down the racetrack. Clay Milliken, 844, 60. 842, Josh Hart and Brittany Force. And then Doug Kalitta, 843. None of those cars got down the racetrack. So the ones that did get down the racetrack 845 and 8 was that 866 so it's just again all about how you're applying the power and how quickly you're applying the power i think sometimes we can see some of those quick 60s and it's kind of like man come what do you like some of them are like dude the track is hot and if that sticks that's going to be impressive but if it doesn't we're going to look at you like no, I'm kidding. We're not going to look at you like that. This stuff is hard. <laughs> but it's it's just like, it's interesting, though, because you can see kind of what they were getting at, you know? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And you know what's cool, too, is that you see all the teams that struggle in that Q2 session. You know, it's hot out and nobody can get down the racetrack. You see a handful of cars get down. But the way they're able to put it all back together and lay down just great runs in Q3 and, and eliminations, you're like, 
well, dang, where did that come from? You know, like these crew chiefs are just, just so smart, so talented, the way they could just put all back together and say, hey, I can get just from that one run. I know I can get this car down a racetrack now. Amazing. Right. Right. And that's what I'm that's what I was getting at when I said they're learning because it is so impressive when you get two nitro cars that hit the gas at the same time and they get down the racetrack and they didn't make it down the previous run that they made, you know, so it's like, wow we learned something we learned that maybe we need to and i'm just gonna look i'm gonna look ahead a little bit uh britney force they did learn something like i'm just i'm just using her as an example in the in the in the final uh pair of the session 8 46 60 and she got on the racetrack now she was not in front of steve torrance who ran 8 26 to the 60 foot blocks in the third session uh i'm just looking just looking at it you know we're, we're gonna be real loose with this but i mean 828 doug kalitta uh you know let me see 843 clay milliken so he he bettered his by a thou but it's just like you're seeing the whole class in like look at how close they are that's what's so impressive to me like even in the previous session, I mean, we're talking 843, 847, 840 was the quickest. But in this session, it's kind of, there's a little bit more uh, wide range because the track was better. So they were able to get after it a little bit, you know. And so you saw Steve Torrance for the first time this year taking something from Brittany Forrest, taking that number one spot from Brittany Forrest, 369, 323.66. 2.956 at the eighth mile, 290, next to Britney's 2.987, uh, 292. Britney was moving faster by two miles per hour, but I mean, how the, the four time top fuel camping world champion of the world. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I, I see, I see what you're trying to do here, TJ. No, TJ, I'm, TJ. no I'm not, I'm not going to do it again. You heard TJ. what I said. It's the, the it's, it's, this, this is how you say it. This is how you say it. Okay, this is how I say it, guys. Apparently, this is, this is how you say it. The four-time camping world top field champion of the world, Steve Torrance. Okay, That's I said I said what I said, folks. So anyway, <laughs> the point is, <laughs> the man has not really been riding the top of anything, but he's there. I mean, he came into this race leading the points, <laughs> and he hasn't won yet. Mm. So like. You know, the the point that I wanted to make about this final session, because we're not going to go through every single run here, but I mean, when the track is good, we really start to see who can step up. And it's more than just the teams that you think. Like mm -hmm. I'm seeing here, like, I mean, we got Antron Brown, 71 with a two, 329. He was and next to TJ. Mike Salinas. But how about, so you're talking about Steve Torrance, Brittany Forrest, right? And I was fully expecting Brittany to step up in that session and go yeah. and lower lower that 369. But obviously it was Steve-O who took number one spot away. But we got to give some credit to Doug Coletta in that third session with that 369. And the only reason why I say that is because he was alongside his teammate, Sean Langdon. And if you remember, Sean Langdon couldn't get that car into reverse in that final qualifying session. And they just got it backed up. And Alan Johnson had told them to hurry up their pace. He was telling them, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. 
because he went obviously this is a critical session we need to see what we got to run yeah and Doug Coletta goes out and lays down that great 369 that was a great run from Coletta but oh, obviously yeah. as we get as we get into it in a little bit it didn't kind of pay off on eliminations but great run from from uh, Doug Coletta it, and you know what it just shows that I, I have it in order the way they ran so I didn't do it in the way that that uh that they uh the, in, in quickness i did it in the order that they ran in so i was literally about to say that one next but oh, yes sorry. that no you're fine that that hey it's a team effort no but that car they're starting to get it together you know they're starting to now again we kind of foreshadowing for race day but the point of the, the fact of the matter is they're starting to get it and that's going to be a car that is is dangerous when the when the when the sun is off the racetrack mm -hmm. And you line up next to that Matco or Mobile One, whatever he has on that weekend. You, this is not this is not somebody that you're gonna be have to just oh well we're just gonna get down to the other racetrack. They may beat themselves, but they're starting to not do that. They're starting to be able to run consistently and consistently in the low seventies, um, in the low seventies, and in the high sixties, low sixties. We know they can do it, but like my the point is just look at all the seventies. Look at all the low seventies in this session. Like I'm just looking, and I mean we we see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight runs, three point seven five or better, or no 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 three point seven three or better below three point seven three. We're talking about eight cars. I mean, and then we had we had Doug Foley and Billy Torrance three point seven nine, three point seven eight. You know that those aren't bad runs. But we're talking about look at just look at the field look at the class like i am so amazed by this class like and how just how quick they're that i mean not quick but just how close they all are and these are quick runs like these are quick and they're and also darren most of them are over 120 or are over 325 miles an hour most yeah, of I them mean, are just consistent nitro drag racing you know yeah. how racetrack i mean yeah so funny car session number three uh john force got it down there got it down through that. i didn't think he was gonna do it no i'm kidding i knew he was gonna do it 3.945 <laughs> at 324 with a 12 on the end and that's why you know i you could tell i really, really wasn't in completely in tune because i saw him in matt hagan round one uh but i i like to think that john force can pull out things you know on on the, on the days that mean something. So, mm -hmm. but again, I'm very happy that Matt Hagen won because of you know Dean Antonelli or I'm sorry, uh, Dicky Venables. Dicky Venables losing his father last fall. You know, I think that was really, really cool that he was able to do that. Um, so again, Matt Hagen won the race, guys. But we're gonna get there. <laughs> Chad Green, three point nine nine zero. That's a good car. It always goes down the racetrack. They get help from Wilkerson. Um, Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we got Alexis DeJoria and Matt Hagen. They're side by side. 3.910 and 3.924. 329 for Matt Hagen and 325 for Alexis. Uh, both cars were sub 320 to the eighth mile. Like, I mean, just, just, just getting after it. Just, just getting after. It. We're talking about like really getting after it. We got Bob Tasca, 3.901 at 331 miles per hour. So like, and then we get, we get the cool kids that come up here. 
<laughs> and, and, and Ron Caps and, and and height. They just have to show everybody up here. 3.879, 327 for Ron Caps in that Napa funny car still, because we don't we don't have a manufacturer yet. But 3.866 at 3.28 for Robert Height. I mean, what, even even just in the runs that we talked about, those are still all they're they're all pretty bunched in there still. You know, we got to go for it. Let me ask you a question, TJ. So obviously you just talked about, you know, Ron Capson at Napa Auto Parts, you know, funny car, not calling yeah. it a Dodge. <laughs> to be honest, I thought, I thought when he, when he won Vegas and he said we had a big announcement coming, I fully expected him to be in that Toyota Supra here for Houston because we had about three weeks in between Vegas and Houston. So I thought we would see that Toyota Supra. But I want to ask you this. Like we saw on Funny Car this year, so far this year, we've seen Matt Hagen, Ron Capps, and Robert Hyatt really set themselves apart from the field. When Ron Caps gets that Toyota Super, we've seen Alexis DeJoya make some great runs lately, like, you know, and J.R. Todd made some good, good runs this weekend as well. But do you think when Ron Caps, you know, finally debuts in that Super, do you think he's going to kind of fall off performance-wise? Or do you think, you know, John Medellin and Dean Guido Antonelli are just too good enough to where they'll keep up that performance and stay on par with Hagen and Hyde? Well, I think there's something to be said about both points. I think it's a new body. You have to factor that in. That's just something that, you know, but at the same time, it's Dean Antonelli and John Medlin. Like they know what they're doing. They've been they've been doing this a long time. Uh, you know, the other super fellows and and she fellow, they had a little bit more time with the body. So I mean, Ron is not gonna get that. He's gonna hey, put it on the thing, and we got to take it to whatever race. You know, whatever race they announce, because mm -hmm. it'll definitely be before a race. Mm -hmm. But I think it. I don't know if it's going to slow him down. I mean, it might it might uh, change a few things because there's you know there's all these little idiosyncrasies of the engines and and the and, but that also applies with the body as well. You know, they're standard, they're sanctioned. You can't do too much, but it's a new body. So, but I say all of that to say it's still Ron Caps, it's still Dean Antonelli, it's still John Medlin. So. We'll just have to see, but I don't think they're going to fall off too much at all because, like I said, it's about to get a little toasty, and we know that car likes to perform when, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking, what was that in the previous session? Uh, you know, I mean, the car the car likes to run three low 390s, mid, you know, 390s. So it, we're going to need, that's going to be the what wins the race this week, this summer, you know? So... I think they got it. I think they'll be fine. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> hey, TJ. But, yeah. Spell idiosyncrasy. No. <laughs> so we're going to start. <laughs> so we're going to start. Because I didn't I even say it. it right. I, I didn't even I say it right. It's fine. I love this with you, man. It's funny. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm literally not. Like, I don't react. I don't know why. We we, ha we we have fun here on the Nitro Performance Guide. <laughs> we do, we do, and I don't. He he's having more fun than I am apparently because I missed something. No, I didn't even I didn't even say the word right, y'all. It's fine. Y'all knew what I meant. Let's go. You said it right. I don't know. I don't. It's fine. We're we're, we're good. We're having a good time on the Nitro Performance Guide. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna move on to round one of Top Fuel. So. As as it as the race started, cause like I said, I was so tuned out like all weekend. I'm such a bad such a bad analyst. But anyway, uh, 
they start the race and the first two pairs of uh, of nitro cars are doing burnouts and I see cloud cover. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is going to be cool. And then, so in the first pair, we got Austin Proc for Rocky Mountain Twist and the rest of John Force Racing sponsors. <laughs> and then we got Alex Laughlin. Love seeing that guy on the sheet, especially with the TF next to his name. Uh, I think this is where he belongs. And, and I'm a little biased <laughs> uh, with Havilland and Paul um, Scott Palmer, not Paul. <laughs> All right, but Austin Proc is going to get the win. Austin Proc was qualified number five, going against number 12, but he's going to get down through there 3.743 at 328. He was just above three seconds at the eighth mile, 288. Um, Alex got in a little trouble, but that was happening. That was happening. You're going to see that. So that was in the left lane. There's a reason I'm saying this. In the next pair, we got Billy Torrance in that Capco 2 car but still amazing uh and doug kalitta and matt tools cmr roofing and mobile one this was a side-by-side race this was pretty entertaining uh so doug is gonna get to put the car on the trailer again after round one uh because billy torrance is gonna get the win 3.726 at 319 i mean again we talked about it i don't think anybody's worried but I mean, he 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 almost had that one. Like it was kind of like a come on, you know. You, that race was close. That was a close race. It was side by side, head of flame shooting over the whole time. But when Billy Torrance is sub three seconds at the eighth mile, four first round losses in the first five races of the season. I mean, that is disappointing. Wh- which race did about. he? Which race did he advance? That would be Gainesville. He he advanced out of round number one. In Gainesville, but four first round losses to the first five races, and you're thinking to yourself, man, that is very disappointing. You talk about Alan Johnson coming over, you know, you, you're expecting him to turn his organization around, but at the end of the day, there's still a countdown, and you got to think, you know, they're probably just they're probably just trying to get a tune up together that's you know ready for the countdown. Yeah, you know, and then you think about it, Doug Coletta qualified number three, and you get mashed up with Billy Torrance round number one. It's like, what do I gotta do? I qualified third. I got to race Billy Torrance, and you know, goes out there, Billy Torrance steps up. I mean, Billy Torrance only qualified 14, steps up. And lays down to 372 to Doug Coletta's 377. It's like, you know, if you're Coletta, all you can do is go over there and shake his hand and be like, hey, that was just a better run. You yeah. Know? But, hey, it's uh, no time to panic over there in that Mac Tools top three director team. They're still a countdown. There's still a lot more regular season left to go, so they'll be fine. For sure. And they also t- talked to Doug at the far end of the racetrack, and he was like, we just got our ran. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like there was tire smoke. We didn't put out any holes. Like, I mean, I mean, all eight were singing on my car. He just... You just had a better car, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things, like you said, you go over there, you shake his hand, like, hey, shake his or her hand, and you, hey, it was a good one. So exactly. in the next one, we got the Monster Energy top fuel car next to Josh Hart. I still love when these two line up. Uh, hey, how about this? And I don't know if you noticed this. And this is just over, over the course of the whole day, but this was a great time to bring it up because this is when I first noticed it. So, top fuel was sitting they were like you know taking their time to stage on sunday like they, they usually were. Are, yeah they they usually are a little quicker getting in there and making decisions especially um Brittany and sean langdon like that he was like hey, i ain't going 
You know, so it was, it was, it was very, and I, I we we're going to talk about this because I saw it. And I'm like, wow, they are really sitting. Not so much in the, in the funny car class, but definitely in the top fuel cars. Um, but Brittany's going to get this one 3.740 at 329.42 miles per hour. Once those calm trails start coming off of those wings, you can hang it up. Uh, but Josh Hart's not going to get down the racetrack. But again, that's a great that's a great car. We love to see that car uh, out at the racetrack. Uh, that win was in the left lane, just like the previous one and the one before that. So now we're starting to think, okay, I don't think it's a one lane racetrack because we've seen Doug Kalita go down 377 in the right lane. He just didn't get there first. But Doug Kalita got off the starting line first. So it's it's kind of just it, it you know there's not I found with this and I don't know if you agree or if you if you find this but there's not just one thing that can happen. It's like you can get off the line and still get beat on the other end of the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Or you could or just the opposite, be dead late and the guy in another lane or girl in another lane red lit or that mm-hmm. you know the, or the track is is a little it, it's just this sport. It's so amazing. But I mean, we got four now. Four top fuel cars that have advanced in the left lane. Steve Torrance is going to be that fourth car. He's next to Buddy Ho, and Steve Torrance did it in style three point seven one one. That car, I'm telling you what. I mean, he might not have won a race yet, but that car is running numbers this year. Mm-hmm. Like that was never really a car that was like all out there running the big numbers. Had the ability, because we've seen him and Brittany put on shows side by side sixties. But I mean that car is consistently in the like top three of the session every session. And they're testing. They're testing. Can you so believe just, that? So just imagine when they're in midseason form and got their tune up together. <laughs> what can happen? Eight thirty sixty, quickest one we've seen so far like amazing it's incredible the the capco flagship because we had capco 2 there this weekend he'd be buddy hole with that vertex roofing car nice looking car for buddy but he's gonna put it on the trailer uh in the next pair we got justin ashley for phillips connect i tell you what i i, I want to call it the tron car every time it rolls up there uh, <laughs> it's just it's awesome but he's next to doug foley for protec and Justin Ash is going to get the win 3.740. That seems to be the number 329. He ran almost the same exact run as Brittany Forrest. Almost the same run. <laughs> yeah. So, you 374, know, 329. I mean, it's even the same 60, like 846 yeah. down to the 60. Love it. I love Brittany, it. <clears throat> Brittany was just a little tad faster on the mile per hour run. But like mm-hmm. you said, you know, exactly the same run. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? uh and so for wait the, hold on what we say that we say that and that's a little foreshadowing again we've been saying foreshadowing a lot in the show yeah so justin ashley Brady forest that's a little foreshadowing yeah. we'll see in, a, in a couple rounds yeah, it is. <laughs> we didn't even plan that folks we didn't even plan that so if you know the results of the race just act like you don't know okay and, th- and then think wow that was really cool of them anyway okay so we got our first winner out of the right lane here and it's clay milliken how about a psychic 37 off the line 3.754 321 he's going to get the win over our boy matt cole 
and Antron Brown. Like, but here's the thing. They talked about it at the other end of the racetrack. He said, well, I mean, that's a testament to Mike Clover and how the, he's getting the car to respond quicker. And I, and I showed you last week that I've been reading some things, like really detailed things about these cars, like learn a lot of stuff. We'll talk about it on the show, guys. But I have to understand it first before I tell you. But what he said, basically, depending on how the car reacts, when you step on the gas, reaction times can be affected by how the car is set up. Yes. It's not necessarily always the driver. Yes. And so I think that's interesting that we, you know, we kind of get on the drivers, but nobody talks about how it's literally how the car is set up. It's it's where the weight is. It's it's how the car is set to lean and flex and sway at the hit. Like that's what it's not just the driver. Now the driver's a big part because they're the one hitting gas. But it's about how the car is set up. And so I thought that was cool that he gave Clover some some love there. And if I remember correctly, I believe it was Ron Caps. Don't quote me on this, but it was a long. They, he said a while back that they put a a, a slow mo cam on his when he used to drive the skull car, the green skull car. Mm-hmm. And I think they had problems with it reacting. And so what they did was they slowed it down, and they would ca- the butterflies would be open, which means Caps was on the on the throttle at a certain amount of time, but the car was still not moving. Mm. Yeah. It was a, it was a slow mo cam. I remember him talking about it. I think it was Ron Caps, but they were saying like, yeah, they were trying to see how fast. What was the the kind of what am I trying to say here? How fast was the car reacting to when Ron was stepping on the gas pedal? Yeah, the delay. They would, they, yeah, they would see the they would see the butterflies open up, but the car was still wasn't moving. Yeah. So yeah, and so that's it, interesting. That's so interesting because you know all of these cars have a delay. Like just so you know, guys, when the driver hits the gas. That's not when the car starts to make sound. <laughs> it's like a split second. You, It's so subtle when you're in like fast motion. But when you slow it down and you start and you see the header or the the uh, the butterflies open and then you see the flames start like I think that's so cool. But 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 basically the cars do not react how your and my car react when you hit the car, when you hit the gas, the car does something. It takes a little second for the car to go. Oh, wait. But that time can depend on how the car is set up, mm-hmm. which is amazing, which is so cool. But anyway, we'll we'll get more into that at 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 a later date. At 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 oh, here's the. I guess that's why I'm stuttering because we had a pedal fest. We had a pet a good old fashioned pedal fest. Leah Pruitt and Sean Lane couldn't have picked two better cars for it to happen to. <laughs> You know, Alan, you know, Alan's going to say over the PA that these two don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not going to give up a chance to say that. Look, Alan is, he keeps the mess going, okay? He is, I love it. He's he like, well, these two really don't like each other. Let me tell you why. <laughs> but let me tell y'all why they don't like each other. So, <laughs> Sean Langdon was driving a car. Leah Pruitt ended up driving, and then he wasn't driving it anymore. It's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's still a little, a little, some feelings on that. And drag racers, they always say, have really long memory. Uh, but this was really exciting. I love Pedal Fest. I always talk about how much I love Pedal Fest. Here's the thing that Leah didn't really do too much of in the Pedal Fest. Now, the point of it, guys, is that means that the wheels are not, or the tires are not hooked up. They never hook up one-to-one anyway because that's not how they run nitro cars 
but you got to give the tire a little second to kind of slow down to the right speed so you can hit the gas again. But it's race day. So you're not really thinking about that a whole lot. But Leah didn't do too much of that. And that's why she didn't really get that thing hooked up. But Sean Langdon crossed the finish line with the parachute out. <laughs> and it fell out early. It did. And then I was thinking, maybe that slowed the wheel speed down. So he was able to get, I mean, because there was a time where, yeah, the parachute was out, but there was no tire smoke coming from his car. Mm-hmm. So maybe it helped. But that's the key in pedal fest. You got to have that break, man. You got to have that break. You got to catch it quick. There was somebody else that caught it quick. And I I had to rewind it. I was like, oh, my God. Mike Salinas caught that thing quick. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it. But, like, wow. <laughs> that was like, I mean, he was in the gas and then he wasn't. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to get to it. So then we got Tony Schumacher in that beautiful orange skag livery with Mike Salinas. <laughs> and this is the one I was talking about. Um, 419 to 486. 419, then the numbers are not going to be anything that we're going to gawk at this week, guys. But we're telling you the story of what happened so you can understand. Well, they're not running 60s. Well, they don't always run 60s. But it it's fun when they do. And it's also fun when they don't. Because I, I told you this. You remember that really weird, stupid St. Louis race where it was one session. It was like 32 degrees outside and they were running top fuel. This was 2020. And I tell you what, and you never get to see pedaling and qualifying because they don't want you to do that. There's no reason to do it. But since they were only doing this one session, you got guys, I mean, nobody. I mean, I can count four cars that made it down the racetrack from the step to pulling the chutes. Four cars, both classes. Cruz Pedregon, Paul Lee, Tony Schumacher, actually five cars, Antron Brown, and then there was one more, there was one more, there was one more. I can't remember. But anyway, the point is they were pedaling the car and qualifying. And so I really do love that. Like, I don't mind it when they when they break traction. But I was so impressed. Also, 037 for Mike Salinas. I think he was tired of us talking about that 300 from last week because <laughs> he said, oh, no, I can still leave the starting line on y'all boys, okay? So... But but what what did it look like like that? Tell us about the pedal fest and what that sounded like. Just tell me, just tell us about it. Take us there. Well, <laughs> I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> oh, but... <laughs> you couldn't come on that build up. I mean that build up. Right? I know that was, that was such a great build up. But <laughs> I mean you can you can't really hear the pedal because I mean Tony Schumacher was still under power a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, but no, you can see from you can from my vantage point you can see uh, Mike pedal the car uh, for sure. And it was like you said it was a quick pedal job and as it still get down there with a the 419 still a great run for Mike. And like I said, 037 on the tree. I mean that dude's just top down the tree, but yeah, I'm sorry at this point. I couldn't really hear it uh, from my from where I was at because I believe Tony Schumacher was still under power when Mike pedaled it. Right. Okay. That's okay. That's all right. But what did the what did the one before that sound? Leah and Sean. Like that I bet sounded like madness. What did that oh. sound? Oh, for sure. For sure. Whenever you get two top field cars on and off the throttle going down track, it's just it's it's a beautiful sound, honestly. It's gorgeous. Kinda. Like we love seeing we love hearing natural cars be on being full song going down a thousand foot, but you we hear them on and off the throttle, it just sounds chaotic and crazy. And it's it's a beautiful sound to the ear. I love it. I love hearing it. But it's and that's the thing. 
it's it's not like any kind of chaos you've ever experienced anywhere else it's kind of like this sounds really aggressive and ugly mm-hmm. and amazing yeah. but it's very like, aggressive like <laughs> like because i mean because you technically only hear it the step of the throttle one time in a run mm-hmm. right so when you hear it multiple times <laughs> it's like oh man no you know what i, I love that. though tj what's that you know what i love when a guy or girl backpedals right in front of you where you're at in the stands. That is the best. <laughs> I love that. I don't know why. Like, they'll take off, right? And then they'll backpedal. And they'll, like, for the for the good backpedalers, you know, they'll take a second before they get back on the throttle. I remember it was Tim Wilkerson one time at the Pomona. I think it was Tim Wilkerson. He, he shook right at the starting line, right? And where I was sitting at, he got right back on it, right where I was sitting. And I remember just a full, just, like, I loved it, just the full power that it had when he, when he got back on it. I love that. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I, okay. And, and I don't and I don't wear earplugs either, so it was great. He's crazy. No, but uh, no. So okay, one more story. So there was, I think this. Yeah, this was twenty twenty race because they had ran, they were attempting to run top fuel, and then the rain started, and then it didn't stop. But uh, I can't remember the top fuel car that did it. But basically, he did exactly that. Like he was getting down the racetrack, and then he cracked the throttle again right in front of the grandstand I was sitting at, and just the the nitro, the nitro smell. Oh, I I love the smell of nitro. Oh, anyway, I'm not. We're gonna we're gonna move on to nitro coop, the floppers. We got Bob Tasker and Jr. Ty. Jr. Ty's gonna get the win. Four o. Oh, with the eight. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I was watching that run on TV. It looked a whole lot quicker than it was. <laughs> yeah, it did. Right? You, cause, And that's the thing about Funny Car. Like, they can be on the gas full song, and it sounds so good. And then you look up at the boys, like, 430, 229. <laughs> like, that's the one thing. But it's I think it's because of that mechanical disadvantage that they don't have with Draxers. Like, with the Draxers, if you're in the gas for a decent amount of time that thing's going to get down the racetrack you know coasting 380 something but like nitro funny car you could be in it the whole time and then it's like 415 310 <laughs> it's like what but that was that kind of run but 322 big speed on the end for the jr todd dhl super I'm more surprised about Bob Tasker, though. You talk about qualifying number four, made some great runs of qualifying, and to go out and smoke the tires first round, really surprising. You know, Mike Neff, John Schaefer, after that year they had last year, not a, you know, not a terrible start to the 2022 season, but not the greatest start you thought they would have, right. you know, coming into the, coming into this year. You think about last year, Atlanta was the final Atlanta race, and Bob Tasker came out and won that. You know, you'd think he would try to – so not only did he win the final Atlanta race, you would think he want to try to win this final Houston race also. Let's not forget, Bob Tasker was number one qualifier here last year as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. not, a, not a great performance, you know, a year later here at, a, here at, a, here at Houston Raceway Park for Bob Tasker. Surprisingly, like, see them yeah. go out first round. Yeah, uh, and just, just straight and true for that DHL car. And like you said, that Motocraft quick lane for Shelby is not performing the way we think it should, mm-hmm. uh, especially – because and it, it, it would be different if they didn't have a great year last year but they had a killer year mm-hmm. and it's just like they're going to some of the same tracks and they're not achieving uh so again we we talk about it every week this stuff is difficult but it's our job to report the news and that's mm-hmm. what happened bob Tasca and- goes down again 
and I, I talked to Tasca in Vegas, and he's very optimistic. Optim, excuse me, optimistic. <laughs> there we go. He's talking about idiosyncrasies. <laughs> <laughs> he's very optimistic, you know, going into you know, going into the rest of the races this season. But he basically mm-hmm. said, you know, we got the same parts and pieces. He's confident. I got Mike Nev, John Schaefer. You're never not confident. We have those two guys, and they pretty much have the same parts and pieces. But trying some new uh, clutch discs, so that's probably you know, it's kind of throwing a curve a little bit. But uh, he fully expects the team to get back to where they were last year. And, and I and I think we all do. And, and real fans and sport analysts of this great sport know that they're not going to do this all year. Uh, but that was in the left. Uh, in the left, he was in the left lane, and Jr. Todd was in the right lane. Easy for me to say. All right, Robert Height and Terry Haddock. Terry Haddock for American Circle Racing Wheels, and then we got. Robert Height in that AAA of Texas Camaro. I love when they wear, uh, what they just have the three A's on there. I, I prefer mm-hmm. that to the AAA of Southern California. No shade, because I love Southern California. Because I knew he was about to start, y'all. I saw it. I could just see it. <laughs> you saw it, huh? You, y'all can't see him, but we're on Zoom right now, and he was about to go. So I'm, let me, let me, no, I love Southern California, but. I prefer this. I prefer this this AAA body to the to the other ones. Like he runs that when he comes to St. Louis, but they he basically runs that where they have a big AAA headquarters there. So it's it's Southern California, Texas, New England, and St. Louis, right? St. Louis, and probably, yeah. and probably Phoenix, Phoenix too, right? Is it AAA uh, Phoenix? Or is it just, it's Pomona, uh, St. Louis, Texas, and New England? I think those are the only ones. Yeah, and then so since we go to Texas twice, he does that body twice. So in Dallas, yeah. In Dallas, so yeah. okay, yeah, I think so. We'll look into that, but he's gonna get it done. Three point nine three seven three twenty four. Terry kept him honest though; he was in the gas. He he had yeah. the header flames up. Like if anything happened to that Camaro, that Ford Mustang was sh- gonna shoot by him. And so, and I love to see that. Love to see it. Ron Caps gets a solo in the next pair. <laughs> it wasn't a pair. Uh, 400 with a 4281. That car was moving early in the run and it just died right before the finish line. Uh, but I mean, the car was moving really good. Like, I saw that run, like, oh wow, if he would have kept that hooked up, that could have been low 90, maybe even an 80. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised. The track wasn't that hot. I mean, it was first round, so we're talking maybe 30 minutes before you know, since they fired top fuel, we hadn't had any incidents yet. Uh, so we'll get to that, folks. There were incidents this weekend. Well, let's not forget they pushed back the start of eliminations thirty minutes because you know oh, to compensate yeah, you said to compensate with the crowd. Yeah, to compensate yeah. with the crowd, the huge overflow crowd. We mm-hmm. started eleven thirty, and there were still a huge roll of cars trying to get in. Like, let me tell you, this race was packed. It was pretty packed. So they started they delayed the rate the start of the race thirty minutes to allow for more people to come in. But can you believe that was Ron Cap's first ever buy run in his career? Really. First ever buy run. Yes. Ron Caps has never had a buy run in his career until right there. Isn't that crazy? That is incredible. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so, wow. I didn't know that. That's why he's here, folks. Cruz Pedragon and Paul Lee line up next. I tell you what, we got the battle of the Dodge Chargers here. We got 3.925, 319 for Cruz Pedragon, who's going to get the win in the left lane. But how about Paul Lee? 3.979, 323. This was a side-by-side race. 
I mean, I'm sure Cruz could hear him the whole way down the racetrack. He, I mean, he was right there. Like, again, same kind of situation. If anything would have happened to that snap-on Dodge Hellcat, I mean, he was going to be putting that thing on the trailer. I mean, I love to see the, hey, if anything happens, I'm right here. I love seeing mm -hmm. that, you know? We love seeing the side-by-side -side where they're neck and neck and changing uh changing the lead as they go down the racetrack but i also love the ones where there's a guy out in front and there's another guy here that's like hey i'm still on the gas so if anything happens i'm right there you know and even if we don't get the win we still got a good we got some good data you know mm -hmm. we made a good we made a full run so i love that too i, I want to give a shout out to paul lee because like we said we, we've seen a lot of changes over on that crew within the past couple of weeks and mm -hmm. you got dustin heim you know who's a, who's a great crew chief been with schumacher for a lot of years and jason bunker i want to give a shout out to him and the reason why i'm going to do that is because we all know not only do i love the big show nhra big show cars but i love nostalgia racing nostalgia funny cars yep. and jason bunker was a crew chief on tony gerardo's nostalgia funny car and nitro big show nitro funny car and so to see him now over with paul lee you know Great deal Very for him. Cool. I'm going to give yeah. a shout out to Jason Bunker, uh, great crew chief, and wish him much success. And I actually got to meet uh, Paul Lee this this past weekend. Uh, got to walk around with Competition Plus this weekend and got introduced to Paul Lee. So I'm going to give a shout out to him. Wish him uh, wish him a lot of success throughout the yeah. rest of the year. That that's a that's a great story. That that Paul Lee, uh, you know, he's just he's a great guy, and you just want to see him win. You want to see him do yeah. well. But yeah, I remember them saying that over. Uh, I think the PA they were saying that you know he was a a uh, nostalgia funny car guy who is yeah. now turning the wrenches on the big show car. So that's that's cool. That I mean, but like I said, that's why we need to pay attention to those classes because that's where the big show cars are. You know, the big show car drivers and crew chiefs are coming from. So we got to really got to really watch that that stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you you were able to walk with them and hang out with them and that's a good guy and I, i'm i mean I, I like to see that car do well like when they were popping 330s a couple years ago i was like that is awesome to see you know mm -hmm. so I, I think they're on their way back to that but like i said for sure you know that that's that's a great team uh so nobody's worried about that they'll be back but i mean like i said that was a great race with him and cruz uh in the next one we got tim wilkerson and jim campbell tim and jim Tim and Jim. I wanted to say that when I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> LRS Mustang in one on one side. Then we got that Depinto Jim Dunn. We got another paint scheme for Jim Dunn. When you start keeping track of it, like and just see, and they're all so beautifully done. Like they're this isn't just. I mean, we're talking about professional racing, right? But like they all look great. <laughs> and you know, so, we, yeah, go. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you're but, fine. So. A couple weeks ago in Vegas, it was, you know, the KFC car. The KFC car, yeah. <laughs> and this weekend, it's 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 uh, Pinto Beans. The Pinto Beans car. It did look like Pinto, like when I was writing it and I couldn't see the... And I know he that the Pinto sponsors them, but I just, for some reason, I'm like, Pinto? What is that? Pinto and Beans. Then, okay, so that he had the Pinto Bean livery and, on this and, weekend. And and, and it's all the listeners. We're not trying to joke about sponsors. Like sponsors are very important. And, you know, they're doing a lot to keep these guys out here. We're just having a little fun on the show. So obviously yeah. a couple weeks ago was KGC and this weekend is the Pinto. So shout out yeah. to those sponsors. But yeah, absolutely. For, for supporting our guys and girls. Uh, no, we, we have a good time. But 4026-311, Jim Dunn Racing. Jim Campbell's going to get the round win over Tim Wilkerson. That's awesome. 
that's that's extremely awesome uh for that for that team uh so in the next one oh in the next one we got alexis DeJoria and bobby bodie so this is the situation folks uh alexis slaps the wall after getting into some tire smoke the thing about these cars that even even in the top fuel cars but it's a little less significant in the top fuel cars because of just how long the top fuel cars are when you're in a short wheelbase nitro funny car when you hit the gas the car doesn't just go straight it's it turns because of how how much torque is in these engines we got 8500 pounds of torque when they hit the gas at any point on the racetrack so the car was not straight she had a really a, a, a glancing blow with the wall she got out of the car she was upset but i tell you what it was good to see her upset and okay uh because those lateral hits are killer in the in in, in the funny cars like i mean the head-on but we don't see a lot of that at all in nhra which is good because of the speeds we we deal with but those lateral hits are like rough and tony petragon and they were actually talking about it like how they they really overhaul the the funny car body after a lot of these happened a couple years ago with with courtney forrest and alexis DeJoria, and so they reinforced you know the body so it's more protected you know they were saying like oh this if this would have happened like 10 years ago i mean they would have broke things mm -hmm. so it's just a testament to the safety of the cars and you know she was upset i mean that's a brand new beautiful body but the fact that she was able to get out of it was great so that's that that's one of the stories in this in this race but the other one is how about asu college student mr we, you know, we love bobby Bodie here on the nitro performance guy we love him uh 3.957 314 just getting it getting after it in the other lane he didn't know anything was going on in the other lane but he was sure certainly okay alexis or certainly you know concerned about alexis as we all were uh but when she hit the wall, she DQ'd herself, but it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, uh, Bobby Bodie was going down through there looking consistent. Not the quickest run of the day, but getting down through there. Bobby Bodie is into round number two. How awesome is that? Man, that was awesome. 395 with a seven at 314. Just a great run. I'm a big Bobby Bodie fan and wish him oh, yeah. you know, the best, you know, the best of success this year. We're running more races. I believe they're going to 12 races this year, which nice. is the most they've done. In the, in the past few years, but obviously I was recording round one and I, I didn't see the Lexus DeJoria crash. And here's the reason why, as I'm recording, my rule is to always follow the lead car. So uh -huh. okay. as I'm recording, I'm, as I'm recording, Bobby Bodie's pulling away and I'm tracking him as he goes to the finish line. And then as I hear Alan say, you know, uh, she pancakes the wall. That's when I go back into the recording and see how bad she hits it. And obviously they play it on the big screen too, seeing Alexis slap the wall. And yeah, she slapped it pretty hard. Was yeah. it, didn't it kind of reminisce, wasn't it kind of reminiscent of, of Alex Miladonovich crash from Pomona at the Winter Nationals? Kind of similar, right? Obviously I know Alex streaked across the racetrack, but the way they kind of pancaked the wall is very reminiscent, kind of similar, right? It was it was pretty similar. It looked like he was moving a, a little bit quicker than she was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she was still moving over 200 miles an hour. Let, let's let's be clear about that. Uh, these cars get to 200 quicker, but quicker than I can finish this sentence. So she hit quite, quite hard, uh, but it was reminiscent of it. And it looks like 
Alex Mil- Miladinovich, it looks like he kind of got into the wall. He had a little bit more front hitting his wall. It was, mm-hmm. but it was still very lateral. Mm-hmm. So again, the, these lateral hits are are tough <laughs> in, in 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 the nitro classes. So they really try to avoid those. Again, we don't see a whole lot of them. It's rare, but Alexis was trying to get the win. And so Tony Petragon, you know how he, he, you know how he gets on the drivers. He's like, well, she was probably in it too long and she'll probably be the first one to tell you that she, she was in it too long. But I mean, it's race day. You have, you have target fixation on the finish line. And so that sometimes can prevent you from knowing exactly where the car is on the racetrack, exactly mm-hmm. where it is. And I think a lot of people say, you know, oh, well, you know, the car control and they're not, they're not keeping it in the, in the center of the lane. Well, you got to understand they're not looking at the lanes. They're looking at the horizon, especially when you're moving at that rate of speed, you can't be looking out in front of you, you know, because you're going to be there pretty quick. (laughs) So, uh, it's one of those things. Um, but she was trying to get the win. And so nobody, you can't, you can't fault anybody for trying to get the win on race day. Uh, but we're just happy. She's okay. Um, Blake Alexander and Chad green, Chad Green's going to get the win over Blake Alexander. 3.987314. Once more for us, Blake Alexander was first off the line. And then in the last pair of first round, we got the marquee matchup, right? Matt Hagen and John Forrest, number eight and nine qualifiers. Matt Hagen's going to get down there first 3.954, 3.954, 325 miles an hour, 056 off the line. First, this is where he got his first win at Houston, which is awesome. Um, John, I looked at the numbers, <laughs> 925 at 60. He was staged in Texas. I mean, they were in Texas. So, I mean, I, I ain't lying, staged, right? He was staged in Austin. He was staged in Austin. They were in Houston. Uh, <laughs> no, but he, he runs 401 with the O on the end, 328 miles an hour. He was on the gas the whole way down the racetrack, which tells me, I mean, we look at that. He was in deep. You got to give it back somewhere. And when these guys, when these drivers go in deep, they give it back in the reaction time or in the, uh, elapsed time on the, on the board, uh, because that could have easily been 397, 390 or something, you know, but mm-hmm. you got to give that back somewhere. 033 so we you know we do the math and we could probably figure out what he would actually have run but it wasn't a losing effort for blue Def and that beautiful green top camaro i love that they're doing those uh they're bringing the old schemes back so hopefully we see more of that i want to say this real quick so obviously like you just said matt hagan got his first career win here back in 2010 defeat Jeff Jefferson in the final in that DHL mm-hmm. when he was driving the DHL funny car. But yeah. let's not forget too with John Forrest and the history with him at Houston. Not only did he get win number 100 here 20 years ago, yep. but 20 year anniversary. Houston, Houston kicked off John Forrest's championship seasons, basically. Houston mm-hmm. was the first race he won when he won his first championship back in 1990. Wow. Yes. And so this Houston is kind of like, so we all know John Forrest got career win number one in Montreal, Canada in 1987. But Houston was the place where it kind of kicked off his basically decade of domination in the, in the 90s was Houston Raceway Park because then he won it again in 1991. So Houston is uh, Houston has, has played a big part in his domination in, in the early years of, of, of John Forrest and the, the legend of, uh, of Brute Forrest. So, yeah, this is a yeah. special place for John Forrest. Very, very special for, for the, the, you know, the family in general. I mean, you talk about that and how, you know, this was kind of the catalyst to that's what that started the goat 
you know, kind of sensation. And, and so it was good to see somebody with that name win in one of the classes. I won't give it all away. It, it was top fuel. <laughs> it was Brittany Forrest. She won her second straight win. She was the f- she's the first repeat winner in top fuel. Dude, you can't, talk about right. you can't say that right now in the middle of the show. You got to wait to the end of the show. I mean, we already told him that Matt Hagen won, so you know. I, was just I like, mean, that's 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 like me saying that's Britney's third win at Houston so far. I mean, we gotta say that to the end. <laughs> it is though. <laughs> 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 All right, we got Justin Ashley and Austin Prop. We're gonna speed through this, guys. Three point seven nine two at three hundred twenty six for Justin Ashley. How about Austin Proc just leaving, just ever so slightly too early. 3.803 at 319 gives up a pretty decent run. Uh, you know, red lights happen. It's it's not a testament to this who this guy is as a racer. He gets off the line and he was ready, you know. I, I'd rather have my driver red light than be dead late. What's your ceiling though, you think, for Austin Proc? Like we know as a driver, Austin Proc is one of the best out there, can cut great mm-hmm. lights and is a great driver, has great car control, you know, has ran some sprint cars in the past. Yeah. He's just an all-around great driver. But from the tuning side, what is the real ceiling for, for Austin Proc? I mean, we know Ron Tobler, one of the greatest crew chiefs out there, but he hasn't tuned a top field dragster since what 08, 07. Right. And, and they're Joe they're Bar- very different vehicles than yeah. they were then. And Joe Barlam is very you know, is a good crew chief in his own right, but I mean, are they are they really a championship level team? Let's be let's be honest with ourselves. I don't know if we can say that they are with the all those things considered. Yeah, we know Ron Tobler, one of the vets, one of the best to ever do it, one of the best to ever touch a car running nitro methane. But you bring up a very interesting, very interesting fact is 2008 was a long time ago so it's actually 07 because he, he tuned 07. Chris Gons to the championship in a funny car in 08 so it was 07. okay okay yeah. so right that's even that's even that even further confirms my point it's been a long time and the cars are nowhere near where they they're not even the same cars almost they might look the mm-hmm. same but they're not the same cars so it could just be I mean he's tuned funny car for you know the last whatever you know, so I I think it could be taking time. Uh, Joe Barlow, he like you said, he's a good tuner in his own right. Uh, is it a championship level team? I think it could be, but with those things considered, I don't know if they're gonna be able to compete for a championship this year. I think once they figure things out and get you know. A season under their belt. Now I say that, and he, and he could he could run the table in the countdown. But I think it's going to take some time. It's I, it's, it's I mean to cut you off. It's kind of like you know it's kind of like the Neil Strasbaugh effect with Leah Pruitt. Like we've yeah. seen Neil Strasbaugh as an assistant crew chief in win races, but as a head crew chief, you know, is he it's the guy different. to help? Is he the guy to help them get over the hump and in win races and win championships on a consistent basis? I fully expect Leah Pruitt and Austin Proc to win a race this year, but are they are they good enough to really compete with the Steve Torrance's, the Brittany Force forces on a regular basis for a championship? I don't think so. It's just because they just don't have they're working on consistency. And the thing about being great in the nitro classes is you not only have to be able to put a number on the board when it counts. 
but you also have to have a consistent race car. But nowadays, you also have to have a consistent car that can run the number. <laughs> it's like a third one that they've kind of added on there for them because there, there are races where you can get outrun. And then there's races where it's like, oh, I probably shouldn't run this. And then we've seen 380s come on, come, come, pop up on the board or, 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 or 360s or low 370s. So it's so unpredictable right now. But as far as can they compete with the David Grubnicks and the, you know, the Bobby Laganas, I don't know. I don't think so. Not this year. Uh, because like I said, I think I'm get, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, we've already, we're having fun on the podcast, but I think David Grubnick and Brittany Forrest, I think they're starting to come together on some, I think they're starting to find something. And I, and I, I don't say that lightly, but you know, Time will tell, but I think they're starting to find things. And I think, you know, you know, D David Grubner, he's all, even when he was driving, he was one of my favorite drivers. Mm -hmm. So now that, that I get to watch him and be, continue to be a fan of his as a crew chief, you know, you see what he can do. He's a very smart guy, very analytical guy. And even after the 333, he said, well, and I, I quote him in our, uh, in our, uh, our Instagram chat too. Well, we'll just have to do, we'll do the best we can after he just sets the world on fire. He's like, yeah, we'll have to look and see what the engine looks like, you mm -hmm. know, because that's what he's worried about. He's worried about the car and not hurting the parts. He doesn't like hurting parts. Mm -hmm. So that was also something interesting that they said with, uh, with Jimmo and how he's going to have to run that car because they don't have the biggest budget with Clay Milliken. You know, you can't just, you know, throw caution to the wind. Uh, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into it. So, Justin Ashley was in the left lane when Austin Proc fouled out. Brittany Force and Sean Langdon. This is the race I was talking about, guys. She made him. They were sitting up there for a little while. Sean Langdon, 60 off the line, 103 for Brittany Force. Um, but 3.773 at 330.47 miles per hour for Brittany Force. 550. 8-9-128 for Sean Langdon. Listen here, I'm telling you, and, and, and like you said, it's a byproduct of how hard they're running the car. So that that kind of shows you what they're doing in the speed because the big speed cars, you can see, okay, they're, they're, they're kind of getting aggressive. Now, you kind of have to be able to determine which part of the race they're doing that in, but if you got big speeds, most likely happening in the back of the racetrack. But in these last couple pairs, well, before, of hold on. first, CJ, of, sorry, go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off, but before we move on from Brittany Forrest, I want to say this. So 095 on the reaction time around number one, 0.103 reaction time around number two. We've been talking a lot about foreshadowing in this in this episode. Well, that's foreshadowing in a, in a few rounds. We'll see in the final round. So uh, I don't want to jump ahead, but just want to just want to point those reaction times out. Well, we've already jumped ahead. It's, this this show is amazing. I love it. No, but it is foreshadowing. It's the foreshad. I should call it foreshadowing the episode. I don't know. I'll come up with something clever. We got Billy Torrance and Clay. These this is what I was saying. These last two pairs of of, of top fuel cars were strange, wacky, <laughs> wacky. Wack. So we got we got Billy Torrance and Clay Milliken. Uh, Clay Milliken hit the gas and the car didn't move. Oh, it did move. It just rolled. It didn't launch uh we got 3.799322 for billy torrance for capco 2 redline oil but they 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 think that the safety system might have 
uh, activated since the linkage was still connected. Uh, so that's one of those things that they have safety uh, devices in these cars that if something is not right, the car literally will, you will not be able to hit the gas. And I think that is amazing. That is incredible. It's all run by air too. It's all run by air, which is amazing. It's not even electronic. Uh, so that that's what happened to Clay. So unfortunately, he didn't get to make a run in the second round. Uh, anything on that one? Uh, no, just like it was just like I said, just wacky, you know. Yeah, they, just... they took off and Clay didn't go nowhere. It was like, well, that was a very anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. So here, here's my thing. If I'm if I'm in top few, I'm gonna at least hit the gas. Like I know I ain't got the car, but I'm gonna hit the gas with you. Let's do it together. You know, let's do it. Let's let's give them the fans a show. I'm not gonna make it past sixty, but I'm gonna hit the gas. Okay. What do you think that? What do you think that's <laughs> feeling? What do you think that feeling is like? You're you're in a twelve thousand horsepower car. And you're ready to slam on the gas. You're ready. To, you're ready. To just your your body and your your just your whole energy is ready to feel that 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 vibration and all that that energy that's going to hit you. And you slam on it, and that happens. <laughs> that happen. feelings like. What do you think that feels like? I bet it's more. I'm pretty sure it's off, a letdown. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's more off-putting than the actual expected experience is. Yes. <laughs> like like I watched a video of, and we'll we'll talk about it on a later podcast, but uh, basically Clay Milliken walking through his process of how how you how you make a, a run in a, in a top fuel or or a nitro funny car because it's basically the same the only thing that's different in nitro funny cars they're steering the car a whole lot more um but you know he says that you know he he turns on the fuel pump he moves his leg from the clutch to brace to brace he said that he said i'm bracing right here i'm re- i'm just waiting for it and then he's ready to hit the gas you hit the gas and nothing happens I mean, I, I imagine it's more peaceful than we might think, <laughs> but it's also like, dang, I definitely lost this race, you know? So it's like, cause I, I didn't even get off the line. So like I said, I think it's a little bit more off-putting than the expected situation, you know, when they hit the gas. Speaking of Clay Milligan, so remember the show we did from Phoenix and the the whole coming to America thing? Well, if his mama call him Clay, I'm gonna call him Clay. Right. I got... So when I was walking around with Bobby Bennett from Comp Plus, we walked up to Clay and he was like, don't I know you from somewhere? And I go, uh, and I was like, yeah, from Instagram. If, 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 if your mama called, if his mama called him Clay, if, uh, if his mama called him Clay, I'm gonna call him Clay. And he goes, yeah, that's right. And so we got to <laughs> laughing about that. He said he thought that's that awesome. was so funny. He said he thought that was so funny. He sent it to everybody he knew. He reposted on, on Instagram and stuff like that. He, he had a good laugh out of that one. It was that's cool too, because you, you're on that show too. So that was I was, cool. I was. Yeah. So here's another thing since, this is I want to get Clay Milliken on this show. Like I want him because he he's one of the few drivers that know so much about. Like if if he wanted to stop driving today, mm-hmm. he could tune you tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. that's how much he knows about the car. Mm-hmm. Like we 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 get we're getting stuck i don't i don't care it's fine it's all over the place they kind of already know who wins <laughs> but my point is like clay milliken i just got to celebrate my boy clay milliken real quick because i have been a clay milliken fan for years back with the 104 car like with the werner the blue werner car like he doesn't use a throttle stop when mm-hmm. he does a burnout mm-hmm. folks let me tell you what a oh, throttle stop is <laughs> A throttle stop is when they they uh you know they'll go through the, the they'll do the burnout so they're basically cleaning and heating the tires. Slicks work better when they're hot, so basically, 
they rev the engine to a specified RPM agreed upon by the crew chief or whatever they want to do. So a lot of guys put a throttle stop on their car and that basically keeps the engine from revving up like they're hitting the gas when the light goes green. Well, Clay Milliken doesn't use one of those. And so he's basically just finessing and he's creating this big old like extravagant long burnout. But I, when he when I learned that from that video that he doesn't use a throttle stop, I was so, so impressed. Okay, we got to go. We got to go. Okay. Steve Torrance and Mike Salinas. Mike Salinas didn't make the run, folks. Steve Torrance did 3.7, 4, 4, 327. How about the quickest of round two, 3.010, 291 at 660 feet? That's impressive. Funny car. We're gonna get through funny car before we start talking again because we're gonna. I I know we're not gonna. We're not. We can't do it. I know. Real we quick. Can't. Real quick. Look, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just. It's just. You gotta say for the for the people tuning in. Uh, there's a fuel leak for for Mike Salinas in round two. That's why yes. he can make the run. Yes, it was a fuel leak. So. It was a fuel leak. I wrote that down too, and I was gonna move past it. But yeah, there was a fuel leak. So, really wacky last two pairs in in the second, in the, in the second round top fuel. Uh, moving on to f the floppers uh, round two, we got J.R. Ty and Jim Campbell. Uh, we got J.R. Ty getting another round win. That's great to see that car going rounds. 070 off the line, four double O with the four. Again, that I like seeing those four flat runs. Those those are nice with the to the eyes, not the quickest, but they're the they're it's appealing. 322 though, uh, and that's that's the thing I was explaining to you about the funny car, like. How they could be, man, it sounds like it's that the greatest run in the world and like 420 pops up. <laughs> but like that's the thing, the magic of Funny Car. Uh, in the interest of Fair Report and Jim Campbell, 4.074. If anything would happen to that DHL car, again, it was the day of opportunity. He was going to be there. Well, it's, it's it's basically like, you know, we got these really hot conditions. You got the, the big time horsepower cars who make all these horsepower, like Robert Hyde and Ron Caps mm -hmm. and all these guys. Well, you get a guy like, you know, J.R. Todd, who hasn't been on the floor, excuse me, in the threes all weekend, or Jim Campbell, who's just going to make his solid A to B run, who's, who's not making a lot of horsepower. I mean, yes. this is just, these are these are type of conditions where it's like, just get this car to A to A down A to B. And that's what we saw in first round when Jim Campbell, Campbell's able to take out, take out Tim Wilkerson. He's like, hey, sure. we're not trying to go out and trying to run, you know, a 395 anyway. We're just trying to go for a flat, which the conditions will take it. So yeah, that's what we saw. For so. sure. For sure. How about the next pair? We got Cruz Pedregon, that snap on Hellcat with that Arby's Casino Royale Ford of Bobby Bodie. How about Bobby Bodie is going to get it done again? This one was side by side, guys. Like yes. 3.991 at 315. This guy's earning them. He's not he's not getting lucky. That there's a difference between getting lucky and earning your keep out here on the drag strip 403 for Cruz, 318 in the interest of fair reporting uh like Cruz got off the line first but i mean how about i mean we know that bobby Bodie car can do things we know mm -hmm. it can run 80s we know it's a good car uh but it hadn't been running great all, that all weekend but i mean he is like He's taking out some big hitters, like side by side. This one was side by side. The the last one was unfortunately, you know, decided for him. But I mean, this it's his birthday weekend too. Like, how yeah. about that for your birthday? Twenty years mm -hmm. old, in nitro funny car taking out 
champions in the class. I love it. Um, so I wouldn't call that an upset. That was a great drag race. Uh, but in the next one, we got Robert Height and Chad Green, 424 to 409. Chad Green's going to get the win. He's going to beat Robert Height. We will go ahead and call that an upset. Uh, upset alert. I don't think anybody was expecting that. I know I wasn't. <laughs> So uh, upset alert. Uh, he encountered some issues at half track a little bit, and that cost him. That cost a little bit of issue in one of these cars is gonna cost you valuable seconds. Well, we're not talking not valuable seconds. We don't talk about them in that. We're talking about like thousands of a second, hundreds of a second. That matters. That matters. I mean, because look at this. He won by two hundreds. You know, or two decimal points. Two hundreds, yeah. Two hundreds. Yeah, so the point of the matter is a little problem is going to cost you. A hundred and a half. Yeah, that's what I was, that, that's what I was looking at. I was like, mm, the math. I can't, I'm yeah, not going to do that. Real, I'm not going to do that fast. <laughs> but yeah, like w- the point of it is like, look at how close they are. But. Mm-hmm. Here's the gag, though. In the next pair, we got Matt Hagen and Ron Caps. These guys have been racing a lot this year. But how about Matt Hagen for TSR, Dodge Power Brokers, doing it up in style? 3.9, 3, 3, 326. That's nasty. That's stout. And he left first. And he left first. That's stout. Like, when everybody else is kind of just like, you know, kind of like... uh. <laughs> Anytime, okay, so I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm not talking about y'all because we love you. But anytime the nitro cars, just because of how much power and how fragile the cars are and, you know, how they slip the tires, how they kind of dance as they go down the track, I kind of picture when they are smoking the tires and when they're, like, really kind of struggling to figure out, I, I picture Bambi, you know, when he, he's trying to walk, a little baby deer trying to walk. <laughs> so it's like... You got all of these other cars trying to figure it out. And then here comes Matt Hagen, 3.933. Like, oh, we got it, folks. Dickie Venables. But but that's the run you thought Ron Caps would make. You know, you talk about how, you know, got down the track in all three qualifying sessions. You yeah. know, was in the, in the 80s and the Q1 and Q3 in the, in the cool sessions, but had a great run in Q2. You're thinking, you know, if Ron Caps is going to lay down at 393, but obviously struggled in round number one, obviously, you know, maybe I'm trying some, well, no, he had troubles down track, but struggled in round number one and it smoked the tires right at the hit in round two. I mean, really surprising. Yeah. And so to see Hagen go out and lay down at 393 foreshadowing again, cause we'll see a, a 93 pop up on the board in the semifinals. We'll get to it, but a great run right there in the heat for Hagen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. So we're going to move on. We're going to go back and bring the 30 foot long beast around again. Top fuel semifinals. We got Brittany Force. Final Monster, four. That the sounds Final better. four. Final four. I've that been calling good. it final four. I know. What, what did I say? Stimis. I mean, it's the semis. Final four sounds better. I mean, it's, it's okay. Little... We're gonna say both because I've literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got okay. Let me figure it out so I can include both of them. Okay, we got top fuel dragster final four. Or semifinals. We got, <laughs> we and, got, and, you, and you better say it right. The four-time camping world, top field champion in the world, when it comes up, though. Got to say it right. 
Okay, well, I'm just gonna point at you and you can say it because I, I'm, okay. I'm, we're chilling, dude. Like that's okay. a lot. That's a lot for me right now. Okay, we got Brittany Forrest and Billy Torrance, Capco Two, Redline Oil, and then we got Monster Energy at all, Chevy, Cornwell Tools, Blue Def, P, you know, Auto Club. You know, we'll do all of that. Three point eight four eight three seventeen for Brittany Forrest. She's gonna get the win over billy torrent how about this this is the, the 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 fight of the cylinders and this is actually really impressive to see because you can really see just how much power the cars have when the cylinders are out both cars had the cylinders out and by the way britney's cylinder was out at 330 feet yes and she legged it all the way down and still beat papa capco billy torrent over there he puts out a cylinder not far from the finish line and still not able to outrun her. So that's just a testament to the horsepower in that monster energy car. Now, again, they all have the same horsepower, but they apply them differently. Mm -hmm. But look at that horsepower, man. Mm -hmm. I got a sil I got a whole lot. I'm on seven cylinders and I beat you. Oh, Amazing. that's bad. That's badass, man. Three point. Uh, and she was still almost three seconds flat at the eighth mile running funny car speeds 276 like come on come on that's that's amazing that's amazing lost the cylinder on the left side she still kept it in the groove the car control was fantastic because when these cars put out cylinders folks it tends to drive to the opposite side because these are like i wouldn't call them little rocket thrusters i call them pretty big because of what they produce but it's like you lose thrust on one side or you, the thrust isn't the same. You're gonna, it's going to, you know, push to the weaker side. Brittany kept it straight down the groove. That was no problem for her. Uh, I learned that top fuel cars tend to want to outrun the back of themselves. That's just the tendency of the car that the cars have. And you can see them really dancing down at the other end of the racetrack. Uh, and it was not necessarily because they were like, you know, in the but. I mean, once you see those calm trails going coming off, that's the good thing about Houston. Uh, when you see those calm trails coming off that wing, the car is at speed. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know? Love it. Okay, so um, go ahead. Go ahead, and you're going to introduce Steve Torrance because that's the next race. Before we do that, though. Before so we do talking that. About, talking, I talked about Brittany Force's reaction times in the first two rounds. 095 round number one, 103 round number two, and then 084 in the semifinals. We'll take a look at her final, uh, her her light in the final round coming coming up in, in just a little bit, but like you said, coming up next is the four time camping world top field champion of the world, Steve Torrance, <laughs> taking on and, Justin Ashley. He is in the Capco flagship, and Justin Ashley is in the Phillips Connect, another side by side drag race. How about Justin Ashley never trailed for the victory? He's going to get into the final round, not that Capco flagship. 3.760 at 327 to a 3.778 at 323 miles an hour. I mean, looking at the incrementals, man, like we're looking at, at, at the starting line, Justin Ashley, 50, 51 to 87. So that's really where it was done there. 60 foot for Justin Ashley, 839 to, to Steve's 854, which is not too far off. But look at look at look at 330. How they they kind of pull up next to Steve has already made that up, and he's within two thousandths of a second there. 
213 with the four for Ashley to a 213-6 for Steve Torrance. Like, he's pulling up next to him. Like, he's pulling up next to him. Like, boy, I'm still here. Like, I know he could hear him the whole way down the racetrack. And to see that wind light pop up on your side of the racetrack, especially when you're racing that four-time top fuel world champion, man. Oh, goodness. That's got it. Right. I'm not going to say it like that every time. As many times as I said it, still I'm not going to say it like that every time. I'm the not doing time, the four time camping world top field champion of the world. I guess it doesn't matter because he just lost, right? So, <laughs> I mean, you, it's fine. I'll just point to you. It'll just be a, a signal that I do. I just throw up a gang sign. Don't tell hey, me about it. Is, but, but you know what's the bigger story out of this, though? And this is my final round. So, obviously, this is the final race at Houston Raceway Park, and both yeah. Texas boys. Still, Steve Torrance and Billy Torrance out in the semifinals. Shut out the Torrance Capco boys. Shut out in the semifinals. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then we got number one. Oh no, I'm sorry. Number two and number four qualifiers advancing to the final. That's pretty poetic. Now, in on the complete com- different spectrum of, of 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 what we expected to happen this weekend. I don't think anybody really knew. But we got Chad Green and Bobby Bodie in the funny car semifinal. Like how awesome is that? Like I just you know, you know we're Bobby Bodie fans on this show. 403 is gonna get him into his first career final. Mustang's a pair. He did it next to a Mustang. Uh Chad had a hole out for the Bonco Mustang, and that was all she wrote. Bobby Bodie's going to his first career final not long after he turned 20 years old. That's a great story. Man, amazing. And and let's not forget, too, Bodie makes a lot of uh, decisions, tuning decisions on this race car. Is that right? Just his dad. Yes. Bobby Bodie's tuning the wrenches, uh, turn, turning the knobs on his funny car. He works hand in hand with his dad. Yes. That he is amazing. That's yes. fantastic. We yes. I got We got to get out to a race. I got I just want to speak to this young man because he is just making us so proud. I'm just so proud of him. The way just the poise. He comes out, he, he's, you know, he's all excited, but he's great. He's great on camera. He's just, yes. Were, yes. were you able to catch my, my Bobby Bodie interview uh, from Vegas? From I did. I yeah, did. and you just, you just see the energy that he has, just like just smiling all the time. Just, yeah. yeah. Amazing. He's just, he's just happy to be there. And it, it, exactly. it would be like one of us, like a fan of the sport doing this, like, I would be, I mean, my, my smile would be up to here every time I got out of the race car. I pull my, my hat sack off and I'm just smiling. Like, dude, you lost. I'm like, I don't care. I got to hit the throttle in a nitro funny car, man. Like, what? Like, well, I definitely be in top fuel. Would not be a funny car guy. <laughs> I'm not about that life. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic, want... so. I'm claustrophobic, so I'll be top fuel also. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not about that life. We, we will have a car. Someone else can drive it, though. I don't want, exactly. I don't want, I don't want to. I'm not about that life. <laughs> I mean, and we're, we're kind of getting ahead of it, but well, I won't. I won't tell the the listeners what happened, but just yet. But when an engine explodes in front of you, that concussion is just like. Could you imagine that concussion that you boom, like you feel the concussion in the in the grandstands when one of these cars blows up? You're sitting right next to it. Now, now you're protected. You got a lot of safety things that are going on but just to feel that concussion from twelve thousand horsepower going ah no that's got to be i can't imagine what that feels like is this is this foreshadowing 
it might be foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad the listeners won't be able to see our faces because that was a great, that was a great, that was a great exchange there. Just that was funny. Anyway, we got Matt Hagen, Jr. Todd, two grizzled veterans. There, can you believe we got Jr. Todd and Matt Hagen? They're veterans. They're the grizzled veterans now. You know, like mm-hmm. in how how crazy is that? Uh, but it's it's even crazy. Like when I watch the old videos, like the Dave W and some of the others put out. Jr. Todd drove top fuel. What? Yeah. <laughs> right. That was like a, a another world ago. But he's not going to get it done. He has some trouble. Ten eighty five tells us that he got into trouble quite early. Eighty one miles an hour. How about that though? Eighty one miles an hour at the finish line still. And look how early he got in trouble. Like. Well, well, I mean, the fact that Jared Todd smoked the tires right at the hit lets you know they're trying to get after him. I mean, you got Hagen yeah. going out 393 in the, in the previous round of 393 yeah. here. You know, they're like, we haven't been in the threes all weekend long. We got to step it up here against Hagen, of course. Yeah. They a just too missed aggressive. It. Just missed yeah. it. And, and, and there's no there's no harm in that. I would much rather to lose smoking the tires because I know that Darren has a, a really good car. So we gotta we gotta be ready for him. If it sticks, it sticks. It's gonna go three ninety one like Tim Wilkerson the last year's U.S. Nationals final. If it sticks, but if mm-hmm. it doesn't, we try. You know, it, this stuff exactly. is hard. But Matt Hagen, another three ninety three with the seven three hundred twenty three miles an hour. Oh seventy seven off the line. He was second because of course that DHL Supra left first. Uh, three nineteen to the eighth mile for Matt Hagen. Uh, I, that, those are some good numbers. You know, we start to really start to pay attention when they're sub three fifteen at the eighth mile, but sub three twenty in a funny car. That's where they kind of start to get in the neighborhood of getting after it. So that's very cool. Um, so in the final of Nitro Funny Car, we got Matt Hagen and Bobby Bodie. Uh, so Matt Hagen is going to get the win. 3.982 at 326.63. But there is more to the story on that. How about Bobby Bodie has his first big boomer in a Nitro Funny Car? And everybody has one. If you're driving a Nitro Funny Car, it's just a matter of when. It's not if. Um, but Amanda Busick at the other end of the race. And we'll talk more about the, the Hagen story too. But... Uh, one, Bobby Bodie really handled that car well in the shutdown area while it while it was a convertible. Handled it well. Two showed that emotion. I mean, he wanted to win. He found out later at at the interview that he was actually beating Matt Hagen, you know, at at a certain point. So that, you know, I don't think this is the last final we're gonna see them because Tony Tony Stewart's gonna buy him a new helmet. So I think that's cool, and maybe 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 foreshadowing for things Here's to come thing. in the future. Yeah, Matt Hagen was quicker in the reaction time. Yeah, but but, but Bobby Bodie made that up in sixty feet. Mm-hmm. Bobby Bodie was quicker at three thirty. Bobby was quicker at the eighth mile. Mm-hmm. Then he started putting cylinders out. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, like we all know, I was in the house at Houston Raceway Park when they left, and I saw Bobby Bodie ahead. I was I was recording, so I don't talk while I'm recording because I don't want to pick up my voice in the in, in the background. Right, right. I just want to pick up the stands, but in my head, I'm like, "Go, Bodie, go, Bodie, go, Bodie, go." And I tell you what, 
when I seen that funny car body blow up high in the sky into pieces in the crowd, you should have heard the crowd. You know, the energy within the crowd just made it so much better. Everybody, you just hear everybody go, whoa. You just see yeah. pieces flying up in the air. And when 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 Hagen's Windlight came on, you know, I'm a Hagen fan as well. I just right. you want to see you want to see Bodie get his first career win, you know, on his birthday weekend, everything like that. So, but still cool to see Tony, uh, excuse me, Matt Hagen get the win for Tony Stewart Racing. But I'll tell you what, the energy from the crowd when that when that body flew up in the air and, and blew into pieces, it was crazy. It was yeah. it was pretty badass to see in person. But Bodie, Bobby Bodie was this close to getting his first career national when he was yeah. ahead. Like I said, yeah. Matt Hagen, Matt Hagen was quicker off the line, but he made that up at sixty feet. Bobby Bodie was quicker to three thirty. Bobby Bodie was quicker to the eighth mile. Then he started pulling cylinders out. And that, that was all she wrote. And then, you know, obviously he blew it up from his interview. He said there was no indication of it, of it nosing over. He had no indication whatsoever that that car was nosing over. And it was about to explode. Yeah. But obviously, you know, a young kid like that, 20 years old, you know, he's going to stay in it, whether, whether he had indication or not, I'm sure Bobby Bodie knew, or he was not going to lift. Oh, he was yeah. going to keep his foot in it oh, yeah. all the way through for your first win. Right. And the emotion that he had. So Monday morning racer talks to him after the race. The emotion that he had was not so much that he lost. It was more so that, hey, you know, this is going to cost us a lot now. He saw dollar yeah. signs. You yeah. know, it's like we're, we're a small buck team. You know, we're trying to make these races. And so this is going to put us behind now from that explosion. So yeah. a little bit of the emotion was that he lost, but a lot of it was also, you know, hey, I just destroyed my race car. So, oh yeah, uh, but man, uh, Bodie was so close to, to getting that first Grand National win, event win. Would have been cool to see, but congratulations to Matt Hagen as well. Second yeah. win of the season, second win for Tony, Tony Stewart Racing Nitro and 41st career win for Matt Hagen. And he takes over the points lead, heading into Charlotte, North Carolina, the four wide. Yes, sir. Uh, and just a little bit more on that, uh, you know, that's important to know that, you know, everybody's not working with the same kind of money out here. Mm. And that that kind of emotion of like, damn, I just crashed the car that I drive to work in kind of thing. How am I gonna mm. get there? It's, set, it's gonna set me back kind of thing. So I, I really appreciate the, the people, the person that, you know, that you guys got to speak to. And thank you for bringing that on here because that is such an important fact, like, I hoped with him showing up uh, in the final round that maybe we can get, you know, some money thrown that way and just get some help, maybe get a body to him. You know, NHRA, I, I like to believe it's a big family. You know, I don't think everybody is, it's not as like communal as they make it seem, but I think, you know, especially with the, the independent racers, like we're all out here, we're all in this together. So uh, it's a better sport when Bobby Bodie is on the starting line, you know, cause we know that car can run and he's just such a great kid. He's the future of this class and it's just, but before we move on to the points, cause we need to hear the points. Um, but I was actually there when another final in an, in another final where there was a explosion by the, well, by the winner, uh, this was, uh, right. yeah. And just, the, I, I, so I remember that that sound that everybody made when the car went up because it hit the it hit the the jumbotron uh but it was that 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 whoa that collective like thousands of people saying whoa at the same time uh i won't say what i said uh well i I cursed because anytime something happens i i I say a specific word I'm like, oh shit, what happened? Like, cause this is not just, these aren't just like cars that were, these are nitro powered race cars. And when you, you can't really see very good down there. So you just see smoke and parts and pieces, you know? 
So, but again, these cars are safer than the cars me and you drive every day. But it's still, it's it's like I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't see that Leah Pruitt incident in 2020, where she uh where the car just buckled up and like went crazy. I'm kind of glad I didn't see that because <laughs> I don't like to see those cars not in full pieces like it, it hurts me it physically hurts and then i get nervous because i'm like okay i just i don't like it that that's a that's a confession when i get really nervous <laughs> when they're not together especially when i'm in person it kind of upsets it kind of upsets me a little bit because just tra trauma <laughs> I, I would i would say this i would say this I was there when when Antron had his crash in Pomona in 2013, mm -hmm. and Brittany Forrest had her crash at, at the Winter National in 2018. Yeah, and watching a crash on TV, it's one thing, but when you see it in person, it is yeah. a lot, it is kind of scarier. Like when, it's intense. When I've seen a lot of funny car bodies get blown into pieces flying like high in the sky on TV, and you're like, oh, it's just a regular funny car explosion. But seeing him blow that funny car body in the sky into pieces in person, it was a little like. That's not supposed to happen, you know. That's like kind of weird. Doesn't it look so much worse than it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like it was like you're kind of like. So if I would have seen that on TV, I'd be like, "Oh man, he blew it all. He blew the body off. Like no big deal. He's okay." But seeing a person, like, dang, I hope he's okay. You know? Yeah, like, it's, it's that, different. You know? Yeah, you just like okay. We talk about how pro mod is just a walking delay. Like we're gonna have to clean the track up because somebody's going to hit the wall and that's just that's just the nature of the beast it's really really fast cars with no downforce so like hold on boys and girls but i've been there a lot of times where i've seen that where a pro mod has had an incident uh and it's scary to be there because it's like well that's a person in there that that car just wasn't moving by itself yeah. there's a person in there and so it's always cool when you see them get out and they're, uh, you know, or, or they're asking about the car. I always think that's so funny. I, I thought that's so funny since I was a kid. Like, they go through this catastrophic incident. And they're like, did I win? Is the car okay? <laughs> I mean, I get mm -hmm. it now. I get it. But, like, I don't know. It's crazy. So, go ahead and run us the points for Funny Car Eliminator. So, Funny Car point standings after five races heading into the Charlotte 4 wide. Matt Hagen is your points leader by 60 points over Robert Height. He's his second, Ron Capps third, 87 points out. So you're a top three separated by just four rounds. And then this is where the separation kind of starts. So Cruz Petragon is fourth, 225 points out. John Forrest rounds up the top five. He's fifth, 258 points out. J.R. Todd, sixth, 266 out. Tied with Lexus DeJoria, who's in seventh, 266 out. Chad Green, eighth, 270 points out. Bob Taska, ninth, 278 out. And Tim Wilkerson rounds up the top 10, 290 points out. Blake Alexander, 11th, Jim Campbell, 12th, and Bobby Bodie sits 13th, and he's only 46 points out of 10th place going into the Charlotte Four Wide. I don't believe they have Charlotte Four Wide planned. I think they were going to try to head to Virginia, but now with this explosion, yeah. I think Norwalk will be the next race on tour for Bobby Bodie and team, but only 46 points out of 10th. Obviously, that'll be pushed back even more when they when they show up at Norwalk, but sure. um, if Bobby Bodie was going to full tour, he would be in this battle for the top 10, but that is your... Uh, that is your uh, your top 13 of points going into the Charlotte Four Wide. Yeah, and, and it's crazy, folks, because what we're going to be doing all year rounds, we're going to have to talk about not just the top 10, but the the cars that aren't in the top 10. So you could just hear the names of these cars that aren't in the top 10 and how far out they are, because that's going to matter. Mm -hmm. Like in 
six or seven races. So we're gonna we're gonna keep doing that. I love that. Thank you. So, okay, go ahead and say the go ahead and say the damn class the way you want to say it. You ready? You ready for it? Yes. Ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> the final round in top fuel eliminator. Yes. Amazing. We got Justin, Ashley, Phillips Connect, number four qualifier next to Brittany Forrest in the Monster Energy Chevy backed top fuel car. Guess Where's what, flavor folks? Pack? Flavor pack. Flavor pack. Okay, let's do it. We're gonna I was waiting until I said that she won. Okay, she won, y'all. She won. Three point seven six seven with three twenty one under it under the speed and the, but look at the uh, in the other lane three point seven six three at two or three hundred twenty nine miles per hour that would indicate a you guessed it folks whole shot win Brittany for a little baby whole shot oh, a little baby whole shot oh forty one to oh seventy four Brittany Force has come to play let's look at the incrementals look at the sixty we got Justin Ashley quicker to sixty foot uh 848 to a 856 and then at 330 look at that Brittany has made that up by a thousandth of a second 2.147 in the left lane and 2.146 in the right lane just look at how close these cars are look at the eighth mile 3.032 at 284 miles an hour in the justin ashley lane and then 3.02 three look at that it's just reverse numbers it's just it's just look at that look how close that is 29101 that's definitely a back-end car and we're starting to see it because look at that speed 291 at the eighth mile that's getting it only 320 now i say only 321 because usually when a car is going 290 at the eighth mile it's going to be close to 330 but 321 I wonder if she put a whole lot. I can't remember just about thinking about uh, thinking about it. But approximately 14 feet. She's going to be the first repeat winner of the season. Did you think it would be Brittany Force? Well, coming into this final, you got Brittany Force taking on Justin Ashley. We let's be honest. We all thought Justin Ashley would leave first, right? Well, yeah. you were wrong. Like you said, he, she won on a whole shot. And this is where the foreshadowing comes into play. 095, 095 on the tree in round number one. 0.103 in round number two, 084 in the semifinals, 041 in the final round. I mean, not only did she have her best reaction time of the day, but I mean, she's flat out. I mean, it's even like she like her reaction times from round one to three were doubled from what it was in the final. That's how great she was in the final. She came to play in that final round. She stepped it up. Let's look at Justin Ashley's uh, reaction times throughout his day. 046 round number one for Justin Ashley, 059 in round number two, 051 in the semifinals. We come to expect that for Justin Ashley. He has his worst light of the day, 074. 074, not bad, not terrible, right. just not good enough. He had his worst reaction time of the day, but Brittany Force, 041 in the final. She came to play. She came to step up in that final round. She got it done on a whole shot, 367, 376 with a seven to Justin Ashley's quicker, but losing 376 with a three. Second win of the season, 13th of her career, and Brittany Force, your top field points leader, going into the Charlotte 4 wide. Yes, sir, for Flavor Pack, Cornwell Tools, Blue Def, Peak Blue Def, AAA of Southern California, and this race, AAA of Southern, of Texas, of Southern Texas, of Texas, and Chevrolet. I tell you what, the boys better hold on because they just, I just see a fire in her eye, man. I just, it just looks different than even when she was, uh, 
when she won the championship and you know she was kind of I think she was experiencing it and was not really having the time to process it then because she was in it but now I feel like she it's kind of slowed down for her and like she's like yeah we're th this is what we're here to do we we know how to win uh we're, we're getting it figured out I'm getting my stuff together I just see a fire I just see something there like I don't know if you see it, but I just feel something. I just feel like she's, but it's the way Brittany expresses it. Like a lot of the other drivers would do it a little differently. She expresses it. It's calm, happy, joy. She's smiling, but I just feel this fire from her. Like her and Grubby. Like don't let Grubby fool you. Like don't let him fool you when when Joe Costello talks to him. Is like, hey, talk talk to us about that, and he's just. Don't let Grubby fool you. He's still a competitor. He's still a top fuel driver at heart. So, I mean, Max Savage, the, the rest of the guys and girls on that team, I tell you what, congratulations, because we're going to be seeing that flavor pack monster energy car in the winter circle a lot more this season. And I just see it. I see that fire and it's fantastic. So what are the rest of the points like, sir? Real quick, though, speaking of David Grubnick, you know, if you remember, you, you look at a David Grubnick, Grubnick interview now, and he's all serious, and he doesn't say much. He's very short-answered. Let's not forget, when he was driving the top of a jackster, David Grubnick showed a lot of personality, showed a lot mm -hmm. of, was very funny during yeah. his interviews, you know? And so that I'm pretty sure that same David Grubnick, Grubnick is still there. But Oh, yeah. With Brittany Force, you talk about, you know, obviously she wasn't number one qualifier this weekend, but she's had a few polls this year. And you talk about last year, all the polls she had last year, qualifying number one consistently last year but only had one race win last year in yep. Topeka, Kansas. And Topeka, Kansas later in the year. For her to already have two wins this season through the first five races of the season, I mean, yeah. they're putting it all together this season. They're not just going out there qualifying number one. They're getting the job done. They're going a distance now, winning races, and it's great to see. So Brittany's driving good. The car's doing good. It's, it's not only running good in cool conditions, but it's running good in the heat as well. Yeah. Brittany Forrest is a legit championship contender, you guys. She's a leg legit championship contender. It's legit. not like last year when she was a distant second to Steve Torrance. No, Brittany Forrest is here to play and here to stay here in 2022. And she's your points leader going into Charlotte 4Y. Steve Torrance, who came in as a points leader, is now second, 32 points out. Justin Ashley, third, 53 points out. Mike Salinas, fourth, 71 points out. Clay Milliken, still in the top five in points, 139 out. Austin Proc, sixth. Tony Schumacher, seventh. Josh Hart, eighth. Doug Clayton, ninth. And Antron Brown rounds out the top 10. And three points out of 10th is Sean Langdon in that DHL top field dragster. He's three points out of 10th. Doug Foley, 12th. And Leah Pruitt sitting 13th she is now 27 points out of the 10th spot so still a long way to go but leah pruitt sitting 13th going into charlotte four wide so that is your 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 uh, top field standings after five races yeah i mean and and just just looking forward to to charlotte coming up this weekend it's another four wide race um you know we know steve torrance likes those races he he drives those really well uh, they already got one under their belt, and so this one shouldn't be any different uh, as far as the entertainment value. But just just looking and seeing the 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 trends that we're starting to see uh, that Justin Ashley car, the you know the Austin Prot car, like you know, can he run with the big boys? I think so, uh, but it 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 it's kind of dependent on on. Who that who that is and you know if they want to step up again every crew chief has a choice in how they want to run their car right so 
but I see that car. I mean, he was talking about at the far end of the interview, and that's why I brought Austin Proc up. He was like, you know, I'm usually solid 40s, da da da, and that's where I need to be. And da-da. so he might not have the performance. He's got the he's got a great car. Uh, I just think maybe they're just again still trying to figure it out. But that car is going to be in the conversation of like top five for sure. Spoiler, uh, spoiler stuff and funny car. We got. I mean, Matt Hagen second win for tony stewart racing um that you, you, you the the three of those cars uh robert height matt hagan and ron Cash, they're going to be there all year it's just a matter of who's going to play too but we know there's going to be a lot more race winners than we're seeing now it's not going to be like a this year is not going to be the year where you run away with it it's going to be a year where you earn it in whatever class you're in. We would never really see that in Funny Car, but uh, it, it's just, it's very cool to see uh, the dragsters really, really, really like acting like pro stock cars and, and, and what we're seeing. Congratulations to Eric Enders, Houston. Uh, Houston stand up. That was cool to see her get a win too in Houston. Uh, I remember right on track, the movie uh, with her and her sister, Courtney. Uh, on Disney Channel, they did a couple scenes at Houston Raceway Park, so that 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 was kind of cool to see that happen uh, as a pro and at the last race, you know, at this racetrack. So very poetic, very very nice wrap up. Uh, but what you got looking forward and who you're looking at? Well, just going back to Top Fuel, like we talk about, it's a three horse race in Funny Car right now, who's like set themselves from the pack: Matt Hagen, Robert Height, Ron Capswell. In top fuel, you know, we came into the season and, you know, talking about how top fuel, this is going to be a crazy year of top fuel and how competitive it is. And yeah, it is competitive, but I mean, looking at it, the first five races, it's a four horse race right now. I'm, mm-hmm. It's Brittany Ford, Steve Sorens, and it's Justin Ashley. Mike Salinas is right on the edge right there. Yeah. And the reason why I say is right on the edge, they have to cut down the mistakes. So you yeah. talk about in Las Vegas, um, you know, he was laid off the starting line. You know, he could have well went into the semifinals or the finals there, gotten to that final quad if he didn't have that bad reaction time. And then this weekend, in Houston having that fuel leak, if he doesn't, if he has those two rounds right there, he's right up there in the points with, with Brittany Force and Steve Torrance, you yeah. know, right up there. So right now, I believe it's a four horse race between those four drivers. And from five on back, you know, I think they'll be jockeying for position. You know, those they'll be jockeying for countdown positions all the way through. But right now it's it's looking like Brittany Force, Steve Torrance, Justin Ashley, and Mike Salinas are your, you know, your runaway drivers in top field eliminator. But looking forward to Charlotte. I'll be there. The Charlotte Four Wide. The first time I've ever been to Charlotte. Never been to that track. It's they call it the Bellagio of drag shit. The so Bellagio. Looking forward to seeing it. Be working with Competition Plus that weekend. So having fun. Gonna be fun. And uh they're talking about cool conditions in Charlotte. You know, that's a great racetrack. Uh, I believe the high is like 70 and the like you know it's gonna be like uh high to mid 60s. So it's gonna be a pretty cool weekend. So Watch out. It means a lot gonna of horsepower out there. Yeah, going to be fast. fast. Uh, and, you know, you're going to really be able to use that uh, 12,000 plus a little bit more aggressively this weekend. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what pops up on the board. Uh, that That's that's a good surface. And exactly. that's, a good, that's a great facility. One of the best mm-hmm. we go to. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're going to wrap this one up because we, we talked about three hours. I don't even look at the clock when we do this. <laughs> I know we're not going to get through it But we got through it We got through another one We had a good time I hope you had a good time I did uh, for sure And we're going to uh, See you next week And we're going to break down another four wide race Because we do two now So <laughs> For the Nitro Performance Guide You got TJ The Nitro Performance Guide I'm your host And we have Our other host 
Darren Williams Jr., American High Ride Entertainment, Inside NHRA, Look For Him, Working With Comp Plus. He's amazing. He's our feet and eyes and ears on the ground, so we appreciate him. Nah, man, appreciate you having me on. This has been another great episode, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys in Charlotte. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, 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 for sure. So we'll hear from you guys next week with another episode.